<laughs> Damn it. That was that was smooth, Sam. That was smooth. <laughs> right, like right when we went live. <laughs> Amazing. Um, welcome to Before the Gate. It is our final episode. This is our big finale of our little six-part series. Um, it's for now, yeah. we'll say. For now. Yeah. This is our, our final episode of our six-part series. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, we are back after being absent last Friday because... Marquis and I got really selfish and decided to get sick as hell. Um, <laughs> How dare you? So we apologize for that. If you're yeah, wondering, my body was like, no. <laughs> oh, you wanted a game tonight? No, you don't. Um, we are also missing, as you can tell, a Ravity because Ravity is literally in San Francisco at Berkeley right now on assignment. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. This is not a joke. It just happens to have lined up that way. So. Uh, so we hope Rave is staying safe um, because there is a creepy old guy dressed as a miner from the 1800s uh, wandering around San Francisco right now. Um, right, but she's in the East Bay, so it's fine. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Also in traffic. A sexy necromancer. That's true. Yeah. So right. stay tuned for the sexy necromancer wandering around in San Francisco. I mean, there's probably a couple, let's be honest. Hmm. Um, so uh, before we get started tonight's game, uh, first of all, I uh, wanted to go ahead and give everyone a heads up. I'm sure you. If you haven't seen it yet, you will see it soon, but it's been up for about a week now. Our new teaser for Clear Skies, which is our new Star Trek RPG, which will be starting up next year. Um, this is something we've been working on for a while now and is just part of the catalog of things that we are looking forward to talking to you all about uh, here at Q Times for 2020. Lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, so thank you so much for the big... Uh, reaction to that it's been very encouraging <laughs> thanks so much for sending out your love and encouragement and stuff like that we're so happy you guys are excited it's going to be great to jump back in and play some star trek again i'm super excited about it um and we'll have more information of that coming up we've been getting a ton of questions of course we will be answering those um as we are capable of doing so it is a show in development so we're happy that you're happy and we'll get back to you on that um <laughs> Yes, Does anybody have any other announcements tonight that anybody wants to jump in on? Mm. Oh, well, um, every game that I yes. say it, uh, yeah. yes, uh, I have a horror podcast. It's called the Something Scary Podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, we upload an animated horror series, and then also um, wherever you get your podcast, we're also on Spotify. We I narrate horror stories on there, so uh, that's youtube.com slash snarled. And uh, I will have some upcoming uh, YouTube uh, collabs with uh, some really cool people that you know, and I'll be able to <laughs> announce that soon. Ooh. But one uh, one of the uh, collabs I'm doing is with Par Parcast, uh, which is a true crime uh, right. podcast that is Spotify's true crime podcast. Wow. So yeah, that's that's and that's not the biggest one. Yay! That's <laughs> so exciting. Looking for to it yeah uh -huh. and we will have a christmas episode Ooh. so yeah i get your spooky year round yeah 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 <laughs> uh i've got my eberron game going on over at the D, &D channel on youtube oh, right on it was shot at saving throw but it's coming out weekly uh and we were d playing dark lanterns which are like the king's sort of it's like a 007 meets i don't know what steampunk <laughs> but uh i play a halfling mark of healing halfling bard uh, who uh, is an exotic dancer, and that's how he calls on his abilities. I like this. Yeah, yeah so like that's on the Wizards D&D uh, &D YouTube channel. And then um, on Monday, I've got We're Live Frontier uh, that is coming up towards the end of Season 1, and they're going to go on to Season 2, and that's over at the Geek and Sundry YouTube channel. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, there is a Puppers game. Oh, right. Oh, 
yeah. There's a Puppers game coming up. <laughs> it's the finale of our trilogy of Hero Puppers <laughs> on Tempting Fate. It's this Sunday on Saving Throw at 5 p.m. PST. Mark, you will also be there. Yay. We're going to find our Humans back. It's going to be excellent. Uh, so please do join us for that. Uh, also, as I have become accustomed to doing, uh, I will talk to you very quick about ways to support this lovely cast. Look at this face, that face, that face. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. Aww. They make you feel lots of things Whoa. and then hurt you for it. They need to sustain their corporeal forms in order to do so. <laughs> Fortunately, though we don't have a corporate sugar daddy, you can be our glucose parents. There is a tip link in chat that will allow you to make a donation that will be split among the cast, uh, the players and the GM, uh, to support the artists here at Q Times. Uh, it's viewers like you. Uh, so thank you so much for everything throughout this season. We deeply appreciate it. And uh, and uh, PBS is suing us now. Uh, are they? Apparently, so, they own that phrase. Uh, they do. Weird. Oh. So, oh. so, That's okay. We're just gonna send Sam. Big Bird is coming for I'm us. I'm going to go burn down public broadcasting, and I'll be back right after the intros. I'm excited. <laughs> and with that, let's go ahead and start tonight's game of Before the Game. Continue your story about your peppermint mocha. So dumb. I'm so I, I think this is a great way to set the mood for the final story of our ghost. Our they, ghost were, game. they were oh, like, he's you know kill us all. Look at this face. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this face. He's gonna kill us all. Again. <laughs> and they were like, you know it's cold out, right? I was like, I don't care, give me my iced coffee. The end. <laughs> you see you see the intense problems we have to go through? This is what it's like. This is what it's like. The hard streets of Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Damn. I'm, very, very I'm sorry. You know, this is in this is technically a game about tragedy, mm. everyone. And We're it's so important hard. it's important that we acknowledge the trials that we go through in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I just want to extend a personal apology to you, Xander. Thank I'm, you. I'm really sorry for what you went through. Thank you so much. I hope that tonight I gives you some good thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Um You're so, so brave. You're so brave. So brave. Inspirational. <sighs> Hashtag remember Xander. No, what? <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, your character did fucking die. What? That is true. Oh, yeah, yeah I guess. Oh, we yeah. All, we all died. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, I missed one week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. um, last week when we left off, we actually, we, we actually left off in a moment with these characters where they were experiencing something quite dramatic, um, a connection with their geists. Now, these dead beings that pulled you back from the other side, they've been just as mysterious as anything else that you've encountered since you have reached out and touched death, as it were. But 
this past week, in our, or rather I should say the week before last, our last game, um, a moment of clarity when you both, both Betha and Juliet had a connection with their geists um, being led into a theater which apparently triggered the remembrances of your geists. It's easy to forget sometimes that these beings that are floating around and sometimes acting like caricatures, being that they are creatures of raw emotion and these echoes of people that once lived, sometimes it's easy to forget that they are human beings just because of how they behave and how they look is so alien to what we're used to because of the fact that they have been submerged into the fields of death. They have touched the river sticks. They have passed through that veil and have become something that is unnatural to the, to the eyes of the living. And upon entering this theater and experiencing these emotions coming out of these guys and seeing them touching their remembrances once more was a somewhat heartbreaking reminder that these were beings that had a life at one point that had hopes and dreams just like the rest of you that had family that cared about them perhaps that had aspirations things that they didn't want to lose they were living people that for whatever reason just like you their stories came to an abrupt end before they were done being told unlike you <clears throat> they persisted in the underworld and became what they are now and using their gifts they were able to pull you back to give you a second chance for the past oh what nine months now just about you have all been adapting to this new existence of being alive but also being one foot in the underworld <laughs> having having one side <laughs> Having well, I get it. <laughs> Take me a second. Um, Give us a couple. Um, being creatures that live both in and out of death, you experience it every morning you wake up. There are things that are still lurking in twilight that can't be seen by the living. You see them every day. Sometimes they're as simple as a teddy bear that was discarded by a young girl, perhaps back in the 1930s left on the sidewalk and is still lingering there today or it could be something quite extraordinary like an entire building that was brought down during the 1911 san francisco earthquake i believe that was 1911 um it is now it is now <laughs> um so the the realm of the dead is ever present to you all and the adjustment period has been difficult but finding each other is what has been making it possible connecting to each other and supporting one another. As far as y'all have known up to this point, it has just been you and ghosts, the echoes of these beings that have died lingering in San Francisco. And you've made good use of your time helping some of these ghosts find peace. Sometimes it's been more difficult than the others, and sometimes it's been downright impossible. Sometimes these echoes of people that lived aren't interested in trying to find peace. There's too much emotion and they lash out. You've had to deal with that. It is unfortunate. But the price is they harm the living. Or they further, they further torture themselves. Um, it's been very difficult. But as I said, 
Everybody supporting one another has made this bearable. But over the past few months, things have started to change somewhat. Twilight has looked a little more populated. And it's not necessarily that more things are dying and lingering here, but it seems more like Twilight in San Francisco has become a little more pronounced. Is that because your connection to the underworld has strengthened? You're not sure. But almost in connection, or it's seemingly a coincidence that not only has this been taking place, but you've encountered your first Reaper, Sam McGee, a being that was a ghost at one point, no different than the ghosts that you all help. But at some point during his existence, having been dragged into the underworld, probably to die, perhaps he was living in a shanty town, the way people in Second Block do. But at some point, Sam McGee found himself a death mask, which you have learned is essentially the corpse of a geist. A geist that was destroyed, that had its body obliterated. For whatever reason, it was dragged back down into the underworld and destroyed. The death mask being what is left. Putting that death mask on turned Sam McGee into a reaper and a servant of the Chthonian gods, these mythical beings that supposedly exist somewhere in the underworld. And a lot of the religions that have sprung up around them have been that the Chthonian gods are what it is that devours the essence of ghosts who find themselves trapped in the underworld. Because being in the underworld every single day is a fight as you were bled of your essence, unless you can find a way to get around that. The underworld is a dangerous, dangerous place. And it almost seems like it's an inevitability that you as, an, as a ghost would be devoured there. However, being Sin Eaters, you are all able to walk freely and your geist seems to be somewhat immune to this as well. Your first trip to the underworld is pretty traumatic. Your second trip was a little bit nicer. <laughs> um, your second trip is where you met a NPC named Niles. Niles is a old ghost who is apparently the sort of the, the headman at the shanty town called Second Block in the upper reaches of the underworld. Suffice to say, your experience as Sin Eaters has had some pretty touching moments, some pretty enlightening moments. All of it under the shadow of death. Not all of it <clears throat> hopeless, however. Death doesn't necessarily need to be this bleak thing. And you have all discovered that there has been a life after death for some people in the underworld. They've managed to make it happen. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions, such as the remembrances that you've all come into contact with your geists. And for some, the undying hope that lost love is still out there somewhere, somehow perhaps also in need. We're going to start tonight's story, the final chapter of Before the Gate. The day after the incident at the theater where the remembrances took place. And what you have noticed and what Juliet has also noticed and conferred with you is that your connection to your geists seems to have strengthened somehow. You're able to not only understand Bo a little bit better, but you're getting ambient energy from him. Like you can feel what he's feeling now. 
It's, it's more intense than just getting an impression. And what's remarkable about this is you get the impression that he is also experiencing that with you. The fact that your geist is essentially wrapped around your soul, essentially, that connection seems to have strengthened. And Bo has become, just in the past 24 hours, has become much better at anticipating what it is you want him to do and what it is he needs from you is becoming a little more obvious. And Juliet is excited by the fact that this seems to be the same with Ticking Man. Ticking Man acts a little less cartoony because he kind of doesn't have to anymore. It, he kind of just needs to give Juliet a look and they seem to understand that something is needed or something is happening. Um, also, curiously enough, Ticking Man has become a little less like a giant, horrifying Tim Burton character and has begun to resemble a little bit more of that beautiful, effeminate, um, artistic uh, theater uh, professional mind that he was in life. So still Alexander Ward, but different yeah. costume. Yes. <laughs> still elongated limbs. Still moves like he's made of, like he's being clan, like a, like a classically clay animated character. And I don't mean anything you see today. I mean like the old Rudolph films. <laughs> Still moves with those sudden jerky mo movements. Um, those like stutters as he's moving through uh, a room and whatnot. So still has that sort of off-putting quality to him. But eyes aren't quite as Felix the Cat anymore. They resemble a little more human. You can actually, and you're not sure if that's a play of the uh, of the images of his actual physical features or if you just didn't see it before. But you've all started to notice this. Um, early morning the next day. Um, this is a big day because this is the day you have an appointment with none other than Donald Fry. Donald Fry is the mayor of San Francisco. Um, you know for a fact that Ivy had to pull a lot of strings to get this meeting. Um, and it has been accepted and set into the books. It's at City Hall. The books. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. Um, this meeting has been something y'all have been anticipating now, especially because the circumstances seem to be getting more and more intense. The final element to what is taking place here, of course, is the rise of the necromancers in San Francisco and their pitch to all of you to team up against Sam McGee and help contain him. It's an offer that's still on the table and may not even be resolved. Maybe not even by the end of this chapter, who knows? But it is certainly setting the stage for what life is going to be like here in San Francisco for certain because they apparently are here to stay and if something can't be worked out Sam McGee might be as well so we start in the early morning hours as the sun has just begun to rise over San Francisco cutting through the fog um, as you are aware of this warm red light crossing across your eyes and it takes you a few moments as you're starting to wake up when you realize that what it actually is is sunlight on the other side of your eyelids flicking back and forth 
Um, Miss Lily, on occasion, will interact with the physical world with great effort. And it's not uncommon for when she chooses those moments or typically when she's trying to get Ivy up or trying to motivate Ivy to move. Also, if I may add, you hear... <laughs> and Early in the morning. <laughs> cell phone starts to buzz. It's text messages, weirdly enough. A lot of them. Flooding in. <laughs> and this is the start of Ivy's day. <laughs> Of the texts. I was asleep the whole time. I can't believe you went without me. What are you doing? No one came to get me. What is going on? What do you mean? What theater? <laughs> and then there's take me off of this. <laughs> Juliet replies, and we also talked to the necromancers. I wanted to talk to the necromancers. <laughs> and then she corrects herself immediately without acknowledging your text and says, uh, actually, just one. We talked to, to Leo. The sexy one! <laughs> I didn't actually think he was that sexy. We have our own opinions. You didn't get me. <laughs> and then he was kind of sexy. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> Juliet, could you please summarize what we went through uh, for Malcolm? I heard! Because I feel like Juliet's been updating about the, the yeah. connection. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this has been in the group text, and that's just when Malcolm went off. Because he... Woke up rested and refreshed after a full night of sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, yeah. then you're up to date and I don't need to be checking my phone anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Betha, just, just for laughs, goes, he drinks hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a bad guy! Exclamation point. <laughs> He's still a bad guy. <laughs> Did you get his number? He's like, no! Yay! <laughs> The meeting is scheduled for 11 a.m. Um, I don't need to be up yet. I'm not even that far away, Miss Lily. I'm in a safe one. Um, the flickering of light doesn't cease. Mm-hmm. I do not want to do this day, Miss Lily. <laughs> I would like to put this day away and take it out again. Never. If we get rid of Sam McGee, I will not have any more leads on my Maleficus. I do not want to do this day, Miss Lily. I don't want to do anything about it. Also, Donald Fry's a dumbass. <laughs> what are you doing with the light? Um, when you glance over at the curtains, she's standing next to them. What's curious about this is... As she is standing next to it, you see what she's trying to do. It looks like she's trying to grab the edge of the curtains, and you realize she's actually not paying attention to you. It looks like she's constantly trying to pull the curtains open, and they're not moving. And she looks a little frantic. Okay, okay. It's all right. Give me a minute. I'll give you a hand. So... As your feet go over the side of the bed, your foot goes over the side of the bed, um, the moment um, it dangles down, you touch water. And it sinks right at your foot, sinks right up to your ankle. Um, And as you glance down, you realize that there is this brackish water that is all over the bedroom floor and is 
slowly kind of sloshing around and it looks uh you're not hearing any source of where it's coming from but it definitely is moving almost as though it is coming from somewhere underneath does it seem like twilight water because it doesn't seem like it's real yeah because we do not get that <laughs> because you see it interacting with miss lily <clears throat> uh, yeah. as she's over by the window you see it's actually pulling around her ankles as well and when she moves and tries to pull the curtain back you can actually see a bit of the splash as she's shifting around. Okay. Um, also, you are aware that your other leg, which exists here in Twilight, is also interacting with the water as well. Um, yeah, as you sort of kick with that leg, that ghost leg literally kicks up some of the water. Um, um, I'm not going to wheel through this nonsense. Um, I have just on the other side of my bed, so I'll, okay. I'll just get up into those to try to help Miss Lily with this curtain. Mm -hmm. she really? Okay. I don't know. What's you grab on. the crutch, pull it over the side of the bed, push yourself up, and as you move over, um, she's. You, when you get to her, you begin to realize that the expression on her face is desperation. Oh, um, and she doesn't look like she's even acknowledging you. She looks like she's just desperate to get this curtain open. Mm -hmm. So when you gently move over, the moment you pull it open and the sunlight pours in. There's no water on the floor. Oh, Just, so it's gone. And she, you pull this open, and she stops for a second. Is that better? And she just resumes the sort of calm look on her face. What was that about? And then she folds her hands and looks at you and then does... You know what? No, nice try. You're not deflecting like this. What was that? Go ahead and make a synergy roll. Mm. Um, this is going to be a wit sympathy synergy, I believe, is what we've been doing here. Okay. Uh, how do you go about pressing us up with a synergy? Uh, well, this is to interpret her, okay. so... That's fine. Yeah. Although, I tell you what, if you want to do it this way, if you want to do presence, this would be an interesting way of trying to okay. communicate with her. So I, I'll let you do... Yes, I would say wit... I would say, okay, let's do this. I would say wits is to interpret what she's doing. This is to give her an opportunity to interpret what you're doing. So go ahead and make your roll. Difficulty is just uh, going to be one. Okay. So this is my wits. Mm -hmm. It's just one die, really. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, there's two. Two successes, okay. Um, she looks at you for a moment, and her head, without her body following, cranes down to sort of like... Like she's looking at you kind of questioningly, and then... You see that she understands that you're trying to understand what just happened. Um, and her hands go up to her face. Uh, make your roll to see if you can interpret what she's trying to communicate to you. This would definitely be wits. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a one die difference. Or is it? Yeah. It's one I, I rolled the wits one uh, last oh, time, first so time. I just rolled one die down. It's oh, fine. Okay. Uh, there's one, two. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So you get the impression um, as her hands come up to her face and she touches her cheeks. Um, you get the impression that she's not sure, but she's really distressed that she doesn't know what that was. Um, and she holds herself for a moment as she's thinking really hard about it. And then you get the impression she's really irritated that her hose got wet because she leans down and starts like, it looks like she's trying to just test to see how soggy it is. And then she, with dissatisfaction, she just stands back up to a straight. Give it a moment, it'll dry. <laughs> Is that you? The stare that you get back from her 
is distant. Like she's acknowledging what you're saying to her, but like she's thinking really hard. She's not here for a moment as she's thinking back. And after almost a minute passes, you get the impression she doesn't know. Sorry about that. Uh, all right. You want to sit by me while I put on my war paint? I'm a big guy. <laughs> you move over. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do the whole thing today, Miss Lily. We are meeting the mayor. He is a dumbass. <laughs> <sighs> And then we're going to find out what's going on. She raises a finger and she flips her hand over like this. And again, almost like she would be interacting with it in the physical world. But as you set out your tools of warfare, <laughs> laying, <laughs> laying, out, laying out your makeup, um, she immediately, before you have a chance, selects a color for you. And starts immediately like, you, you start noticing she's not being able to physically interact with the stuff. But you immediately realize that what she is doing is she's setting up everything for you. As she's selecting colors, things to like enhance, she's immediately pulling out like she starts going through the motions. I, I think the pearls for today. When you say that, she immediately motions towards the earrings. I'm forgetting a black sheep dress. I'm feeling saucy. Um she quirks an eyebrow as you get this. You've always known that Miss Lily has had a bit of a conservative streak. She doesn't look judgmental, she just quirks a brow. Um, oh, come on. I make this look good. <laughs> and she, again, in a non-judgmental way, but with a quirked brow, kind of glances off. <laughs> like, she has nothing to contest that with. Um, I have to like for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been fun just to see the limits of your makeup knowledge. You <laughs> oh. uh, yes. You know, it's the things, the colors, they enhance. <laughs> You're looking. You're looking behind. I mean, you should wait until you see me talk science. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it before, and I, it's. Uh, I guarantee you, fifty percent of being a GM is BS. Yeah, hundred yes. percent. Um, so be a pterodactyl. Men love pterodactyls. Yes. <laughs> Cannot find out that we shift. <laughs> um, Rabbit's foot is pacing back and forth because he can tell you've got some agitation going hmm. on. Um, he's kind of clutching his, uh, he's got these, um, oh my God, suspenders. He's kind of clutching and like pulling on a little bit yeah. as he's looking at you because you're like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And, and you see him nodding like, yeah, why didn't they tell you? It's kind of like, but he doesn't know what you're talking about. So he's just like nodding along with you. Like, what the hell? Like, right. Um, I've been going through and like uploading my videos because I had just had like this surge of people calling in from the Bendy Becca stuff. Okay. So I've been working on editing those and getting those out and okay. I thought that I had like the night. And <laughs> so like this morning I'm throwing on clothes and, and running through and showering and stuff but also like uploading and putting in descriptions and texting. So it's just been a hectic morning. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Uh... I have a resources thing I want to do. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, so when you finish, like, when you get out of the shower and you're putting on clothes and everything, um, Rabbit's Foot is pacing around your phone. 
Mm. Um, and staring down at it and like moving around. And it's not unusual to see him do this because every time you have an excited morning on your phone, mm-hmm. Rabbit's foot is always looking at the phone like, why is this thing causing him so much anguish? Right. Like he's constantly pacing around it going, what is the source of this thing? <laughs> like why anxiety? Box. Yes. Like why is this little, <laughs> why is this little cubicle thing causing him so much? Like Rabbit's foot is constantly, going back to it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Rabbit's foot is constantly trying to figure out what this thing is and why he gets a flood of emotion from you every time you're on it. So, yeah. As you come out of the shower, you see he's just walking in circles around it, looking down at it, almost like it's a wounded animal, and he doesn't know, should I save this? <laughs> do I do I take it? Is like, are there a vet? Do yeah. I, do I, should I kill it? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, this this little boy just constantly pacing around, constantly readjusting his mask. Mm. Um, you are getting a, a, a sense from him that he's not sure if it's a threat or not. Right. And so when I see him <coughs> acting this way and like staring at the phone, mm-hmm. I've got like a trick that I've tried before where I pull up Spotify and I start playing different types of music. Okay. And so what have I noticed that his he sort of responds to like genre wise or he doesn't really seem to respond to music. Okay. Um the only time you've ever seen him actually have a reaction to music was actually yesterday. Uh-huh. When Bo got on the keys and started playing Moonlight Right, right, and uh, that that seemed that yeah that seemed like um, that seemed like a thing that happened mm. that, that that was uh, that or not I'm sorry not Moonlight uh, Claire de Lune Claire when, de Lune when he was in the room and uh, and he could hear Bo playing Claire de Lune through Betha. Now that I'm thinking about that, I'll pull that up. Okay, a version of it and start playing it because I'm just like I need to distract rabbit's foot while i get this stuff done the stuff being yelling at everyone okay (laughs) all right you sit down and sure enough those soft gentle tones begin to play the keys Mm. um this this it's interesting to me that as a storyteller this song has become kind of like the theme of the show right yes as you play this um he kind of like a kid on christmas morning like those early 30s christmas mornings where they got the wind-up toys Mm -hmm. he sits down lays on his stomach on the floor with his head in his hands and just watches your phone as it plays Claire de Lune. Wow. And he's kicking his feet up a little bit. I, it's rare to see him so content because normally he's mm-hmm. the ball of anxiety. Yeah, and... he's staring at this thing kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Rabbit's Foot, like the other geists, they, not just in, they don't only just see this world. Mm-hmm. They interact with it through you. You're right. their lens to the land of the living. So as you activate this and you start playing this song, um, your sort of background impression seems to feed a little bit of like how he's interpreting this music. Mm-hmm. So he reacts to it. You're not sure. You can only imagine what it must sound like to right. a geist right. on the other side. But um, yeah, he lays on his stomach and listens to it. I'm going to take some time to like enjoy this moment because the, the emotional bond between us normally is overwhelmed with just fear and, mm-hmm. and anxious energy. Mm-hmm. So this is nice to just have this Make calm. a perception check. I sure will. <laughs> uh, so what would you like that to be? Uh, this is going to be wits and... Wits. This should actually be wits and... This should be straight up wits and perception. Uh, wits and resolve. Yeah. Resolve. That's right. Wits and resolve. They don't have a... <clears throat> That's right. In the old world of Awareness. I mean, there are different scopes in all of these. Yeah. So like... Mm-hmm. Each individual property. I noticed that too. Yeah. I just renamed my phone Tiny Anxiety Box. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. One success. Yeah. One success. You notice something about rabbits that you've never noticed before, mm-hmm. and it's perhaps because you've never actually seen him laying on his stomach, kicking his feet around like this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rabbit's foot you've always understood to be seeming just from the mask that he wears and the way that he dresses seems to have been a kid from like the early 1930s mm-hmm. 1940s mm-hmm. something like that um but he's wearing nikes i wouldn't have noticed that you've <laughs> never noticed this before but you've paused for a second because sure enough on his feet yeah are unlaced nikes smattered with mud uh-huh um a complete juxtaposition to the rest of his outfit, uh-huh. which would seem to be a young kid dressed for the 1930s. As soon as I see that, like the music is still playing, but I'm going to jump on my desktop computer and start okay. searching through the catalogs of Nikes, trying to find a match okay. of when those came out or when they would be available. There is definitely a website for that. Yeah, it, right? Um, definitely <laughs> a website. Thank you. Yes. We all know. Yeah. There's definitely a website for that. Um, okay, so that's going to be an investigation check. Yay. So go ahead and you can use... That's a computer. That's like right. A tech skill ooh, in this ooh. game. Mm-hmm. I'll let you use computers or I'll let you use investigation. I've got a specialty in computers. I mean, it's hacking. Ooh. Holy hell. <laughs> no, you can't hack it. Uh, yeah. But yes. You can't hack it, Sandor. Right. So just computers or computers and. This would be uh, intelligence and computers. Can I use wits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really. Yes, because it's not in academia necessarily. Right. I would say wits. You're kind of like improvising this. So yeah, I would allow you to do this. Difference between. I feel like four... Google Foo is wits. Yeah, Google yeah, yeah. Google Foo is wits. There's our quote. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What? Two, three, four. Okay. Four. Four successes. Um, yeah, sure enough. You do find a website with an entire database of Nikes and like the shoes that Nikes have that Nike has been making this whole time, along with like And it's like, convenient that he's calm so that mm-hmm. I can glance over and like check the details and stuff like that, because otherwise he'd be running around or hiding or something. Now it's difficult to pinpoint exactly because of the state of his shoes mm-hmm. and the fact that they're also kind of transparent. Um Everything that you're seeing as you're comparing this to what you're coming up with on the computer, you're leaning in close and you think you have a match. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple that look like what he's wearing, but it looks like early 80s. Mm-hmm. All of them are in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. This kind of style is very simplistic. I knew it. It's young Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of the earlier Nike shoes, essentially. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Not the pump up ones. But... No. <laughs> I have a little roller Early ones. Yeah. yeah. Light up. Light up, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. <clears throat> going to yeah. take that mental note. Yes, because that changes a lot. Strange context of the rest of his appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to walk over to my phone that I had set down. Okay. And I'm going to switch it to whip it. <laughs> Found some Devo. Devo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just so you see stop it and pick it up and change it to whip it and put it down. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to connect with that. Uh, sure. He, the moment you change it, he glances up at you through uh-huh. the mask uh-huh. and is watching. Because I've now. looked the mask up from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. The mask is accurate. Right. But you, you judged that this mask was probably from that time period. Yeah. Uh, Pre-World War II is what, right. what you came up with. Um. And indeed, the rest of his clothing is indicative of a schoolboy from that era. Right. Um, but as he's glancing up at you from underneath this mask, a mask which you suspect is holding his face together, um, you get the impression that with those shoes, if this is in truth a visage of 
who he was when he died, mm -hmm. then he has to be wearing a costume. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Can I look up um, newspaper sort of uh, things from the 80s? Sure. Or whatever. Looking up like a, a Halloween night sort of tragedy or anything like that? Or yeah. something that maybe in the area even because it would be localized. Mm -hmm. So like okay. kind of that searching through the decade of like Halloween tragedies yeah. involving children, which I'm sure will be a fun morning. I mean, it's only a maybe four news days. Right. Because it would be right around Halloween. It's not a very broad range. Yeah. It's just a question of whether it's been scanned in or whether you need to go through some microfiche. Yay! Um, so, uh, I would say if we're going to do that, then go ahead and make a roll here. This is definitely going to be... Uh, this is... Now you're pouring through databases and I'm going to sure. say this is an intelligence roll. Okay. So, my intelligence is only one dot uh, and then uh, it was investigation still? Yeah. So three total. <laughs> Feel free to burn a willpower if you want. You know, let's do it. It's the finale. I was going to say, <laughs> you've got that meta knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I'll burn a willpower to Willpower add. doesn't exist in game. Right? <laughs> it just adds one, right? Yep. No, no, no. Oh, three. adds three. Plus That's what three. I it's just Plus three dice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yep, that's an explosion over here. One, two. Blew something up. Do you want to... Them. I've got this. Three. It's okay. I have one. I just haven't been using it. Okay. <laughs> three successes. <gasps> well, you're exploding die? I did. Oh, so did? three. Three. Um, oh, wait, one more. Sorry. Three. Three. Um, there's nothing jumping out okay. to, to produce a lead here. Sure. Um, Following the the theme that this is the Chronicles of Darkness, it's, it is a darker world. Yeah. And when you type in Halloween tragedy, it's a bunch come up. Yeah. That's what <laughs> um, I'm afraid of. So, uh, but you will say you spend the next hour digging through this. Yeah. Um, until the clock strikes ten. Ooh, who gotta go? <laughs> <laughs> um, and about that point, you are kind of shaken out of your of your investigation when you all get a text message from Juliet saying, "Where are we meeting?" Are we meeting at the, 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 the place, or are we meeting at Sal's? Are we meeting at the store? Uh, let's meet at City Hall, timing-wise, since the meeting's 11. Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, and Beth goes, um, I just have to pick up one thing, and I will meet you at City Hall. Okay. What are you picking up? Uh, I want to like use grave goods and okay. have a, an object that is filled with essence just in case with Darren something okay. happens again. You never know. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. That's going to be easy to do. Grave goods and all taking care of that issue. Um, that is a merit. All right. So uh, let's think real quick. What would the grave good be? Like what is it that has essence attached to it? Uh, I was thinking like something warm and comforting, like maybe either uh a flannel shirt or maybe a you, scarf. Maybe you sensed, maybe you went to like a Goodwill and actually yes. found a flannel that had essence attached to it. Yes. I bet Goodwill is a treasure trove. Oh. It probably is, yeah. Yeah. in all honesty. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> sorry, I just, I just, uh, my, my dad told me this horrible story about how uh, while he was away in the military, his mom got rid of all of his baseball cards and some <gasps> of these baseball cards. Oh. Could have put me through college. Like, a couple of Charizards. <laughs> yeah. A couple of Black Lotuses. Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, so, anyway. Um, ouch. Uh, so, uh, 
Yes, we'll say you have one of those and you bring <clears> it with you. Um, if nobody else has anything else, we can just cut to everyone arriving at City Hall. Okay. Yeah, you haven't noticed anything yet. Um, City Hall in San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco is already a beautiful town for itself. Um, City Hall is carries with it the same prestige levels that you see in every, the same sort of imperialistic, uh, you know, visage of like pillars and whatnot. Democracy. Um, yes, democracy. <laughs> um, um, you all arrive out front, uh, roughly about 10, 15 minutes apart from each other as everyone sort of filters in. Um, the last one to get there is Juliet because she was closing up mm. <laughs> um, behind everybody. Um, and as she arrives, that's when you all once again are taken through how Ticking Man looks a little different as she emerges from the car. Um, and he kind of follows after her with his head cocking to the side from time to time. Um, and she walks up and she looks at everybody and says, okay, so um, we're ready to do this, right? Oh, and do we know what we're doing? Mal looks over at Ivy. He goes, oh, what? I didn't know. Are we? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Were we supposed to dress up? For... Well, no, no, of course not. I mean, yes. when we go to City Hall, we should wear jeans. Uh, Juliet, am I going to be okay? Is this fine? I, I... Um, why don't... Um... Yes, you're 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 an intern, mm-hmm. and you're helping mm-hmm. the social media uh, Ivy. How much it? time before are we working on right now? Um, you got about thirty minutes before your meeting. Perfect. This is a problem that can be solved with delivery services and money. <laughs> <laughs> is this the resources? Like... Oh no, that's no. something separate. You haven't noticed it yet. Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, get me your measurements, dear. Okay. We'll take care of it. Uh, really? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take care of it. The measurements you get are like large, I guess. <laughs> large question. <laughs> Jesus, it's like taking measurements from me. I'm tall. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to. Well, we're, we're going to get a little range just to make sure. <laughs> That's the best we can do right now. But okay. Tags on and we'll be fine later. Uh, Beth, Beth is going to um, eye measure him. Okay. Eyeball it. Yeah. Eyeball it. Eyeball it. She, she does a lot of fashion stuff and, you know, small business owner. Okay. Uh, it has, you know, uh, dated different uh, people. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm thinking she's going to she's gonna be able to eyeball these measurements. For funsies, we'll yes. say, uh, yeah, you get a, you get a, you get a pretty decent idea of, of, mm-hmm. of what you've got working with. 30 minutes is a bit tight, but I mean, it's San Francisco. There, San are, clo- Francisco there are clothing everything. stores here. This would be a great plug yeah. for a sponsored app. Uh, so if anyone wants to... Unless <laughs> there is already one. Yeah, I'm sure um, there is. Right? Just yeah. give us money, though. <laughs> what does Bo look like this morning? Because it's like, this is after... Bo does not have the usual grimace, that that usual sort of... Bo has always had a very serious countenance, but it's never been of one of like consternation. It's always been something of like he's constantly trying to remember something, like he's forgotten something. So he always looks like he's uncertain or he's skeptical. Um, this morning, however, he is neutral and is just observing everyone. Um, you would all notice at this point, it's a lot more pronounced that the pinky on his on his left hand is missing. That has become a little more pronounced. Um, you remember seeing this once before, but now ever since the the incredible concert he put on, um, it is a little more pronounced now. 
Um, the inky blackness that is usually swirling around him doesn't look like tendrils of angry black ink anymore. They actually just look sort of like an ambient sort of cloud that's around him. Mm. Not as much a part of him, but more of like a background. So you don't see his body being swallowed up by it anymore. Mm. But he does still have those pronounced cracks in his jaw, like porcelain's been shattered and it's been glued back together kind of look. Um, that is still very obvious too. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Mm. What? What is he talking about? Me? Uh, it's just an impression of what you would look best in color-wise. You know. Uh, Bo. Yes. Has opinions yes. on my fashion. Actually, very, very. I mean, look at him. Very well dressed. You're not wrong. She's probably telling the truth because Bo is, as as she is saying this and motioning back to Bo and you. He's looking at you kind of like in agreement. Like he's kind of exam. He, Everyone's see, a critic. All right? Calm down. fall and look back up at you. I mean, Bo is impeccably dressed anyway. Right. So like as, as he's looking down, I mean, you get the impression that like the rest of the guys here, there's a general idea that they know you are somewhere important. Uh-huh. Um, and Bo is looking a little judgmental right now. Ticky we'll man, get, however. We'll get used to it. <laughs> Not even a thing. And slate and blues fabulous on you oh if you say so okay yes. <laughs> all right i think we'll, we'll make a bit of a statement with the tie then mm. tie lovely my favorite Mayor. right 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 <clears throat> tie mm-hmm. <laughs> so for narrative sake and you have the resources to do this um it's not difficult to find the clothing store it is a mad rush to grab things that are that, that fit but and to get everything <laughs> set um, to be clear, we are not attempting a suit jacket. That is a shoulders a thing that isn't thing. happening right now. Yeah. That yeah. much I do know about. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do think we can last minute a uh, suit vest, which will allow us to do the tie because a tie without jacket <laughs> will not be permitted. Opinions. Yeah. It, it takes it, it takes a hot second, but you managed to get slacks, a tie, and a mm. button up. Mm-hmm. And you managed to get that together pretty fast. The belt's a little on the large side, but there's nothing you can do about that right now. Um, and when you all reemerge at the front of City Hall, roughly 30 minutes later, hmm. right up against the the deadline, um, you look like uh, you look like a young tech entrepreneur. Right, right. <laughs> like you're ready to go to work at Google. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, as, Twitter's just a couple blocks away. As I've gotten changed, and I've found like I don't know a public bathroom or something like that to use. In San Francisco. Not in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I, in an alleyway. So, we're going to go into City Hall. We're going to oh, right. go past uh, all of the check-in, and then you're going to get changed before we see the mayor. So as I'm walking out of like the bathroom at City Hall, I'm on my phone, and I'm like, whoa, 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 And I start showing everybody around, like, look at the numbers, look at the numbers. And I'm showing my YouTube channel. Oh, my goodness. And they're what, just like, I see, the but I, Juliet says, oh, wow. I, but I see a lot of things on there. What am I looking at? Look, 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 look at the counts. Look at the count. The view count. Is that good? That's good. This is amazing. I've never had these numbers before. What happened? What? You know, sponsored posts really do extend your reach. If you take out a large enough ad buy, it really helps the visibility of the channel. <laughs> you you did this? Yes. Well, why? I didn't think you cared about the channel i thought that it was just a tool i mean i've watched your videos oh i didn't know you were watching them yes and if you see in 
in the byline it says. Oh, you tried to leave a comment. Craven crystals. Yeah. You just sort of. Very nice. You just sort of typed some nonsense and hit enter. Well, no, no. It's like, um, I've been following him since the first. Oh, you just wrote first. Oh, oh. That's a thing on YouTube. Okay. um, Thank you. I appreciate it. The broken clock wrote twice a day comment to YouTube. That's true. There we are. I hope it helps. Thank you. Moving across the marble floors of City Hall um, is complete with all the echoing sounds of all the people that are moving through here. You all, of course, are looking in the twilight as well. City Hall is boasting some pretty interesting characters moving through here. Um, You don't see any ghosts, per se, but you definitely see lots of images of things that have existed in City Hall and have since either ceased to exist. But for the most part, what you notice is that because of its ever mercurial, ever changing, ever upgrading nature, that of all the buildings you've moved through since you became a Sun Eater, City Hall is, this building in particular, actually has the least amount of alternate visions from Twilight to the world, the land of the living. Um, which is in kind of keeping. Not a lot of things get destroyed here in City Hall. So... democracy but But, um but uh so you are see it it feels very sterile as you're moving through here um you will occasionally see a the the image of a ghost passing through um like a security guard or somebody just walking around the corner and making note of like oh there's another one like San Francisco is a town that needs a lot of help, apparently, from mm. senators, <laughs> because yet more ghosts walking through here. Um, but you are around the corner to this very large lobby where you see a secretary. He is sitting there uh, typing away um, at what this very large oaken desk. And as you walk in, he looks up at everyone and just says, are you the 3.30? The, no, the 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm so sorry. We're a little bit slammed today. Um, what was your name again? I'm so sorry. That's right. That's right. Mix Preston, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, if you want to, if you all would like to take a seat, seat. and we can get to you in just a moment here. Um, Mm -hmm. The mayor should be ready for you in about the next five minutes or so. Lovely. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. uh... Oh, Michael. Michael. Just call me Michael. We're a bit informal here in the office. Mayor's orders. Hmm. But you do see you do see the desk tag. It just says Michael Walling on the front, um, um, and he look, picks up the phone and says, "Yes, sir. Your uh, eleven o'clock is here." He hangs up and says, I'm "May go- I roll for Gadar?" Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> because this is actually relevant. What's yeah. the apparent age of this person? He looks like he's in his uh, mid thirties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yep. So I think that's wits. Sure. Plus empathy. Plus I assume I have a specialization in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I it's all right. You can also say no, and like gays don't know who's. It, it's so funny because for typically on rolls like this, there would be a resistance, but like I don't think anybody would <laughs> roll for gay. So, so <laughs> just go ahead and make your roll. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> uh, that's three successes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's gay. No, no, Can no. we share a look? <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> yep. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Um. um. Also, just for my notes, because I uh, I picked up quite a lot. Uh, 
the family name, the Fry family uh, names. What were you looking for? Oh, uh, background on uh, Donald Fry. On Donald Fry. Is he, uh, because we got it mm-hmm. He's in married. the previous session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the name of a wife. Uh, wife is actually named Juliet, believe it or not. <laughs> so, ju- which would be something that Juliet kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good name. Any kids? <laughs> um, yes, three kids. Yes, what are their names? Um, one of them is actually Donnie, Donnie Jr. Of course. Mm-hmm. Which is... Narcissistic what? And fortunate in today's climate. Um, <laughs> there are so a lot of um, But then there's also a, uh, there's also a Kelly, mm-hmm. which is his youngest daughter. And then the middle child is Natalie. All right. And uh, what are the ages, roughly? Uh, they're all in their twenties. They're like college grads at this point. All right. And they, they, judging from what you were able to discover, they're all from across the the. One of them, um, N- Natalie, is Natalie has aspirations for the um, women's NBA. And the other two are going into medicine. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. One arms oneself. Um, as the door to the office opens, you see the statesmanlike office of the mayor's <laughs> office. You see the flag of California, the flag of the United States, um, the windows, the bookshelves the polished you know uh, lacquered woods of the desk and it's a very nice office doesn't look opulent necessarily but it looks like a, a statesman's office as you all enter um and he stands up from behind the desk as you all come in and instantly you see a resemblance of that picture that you spotted um that picture that you uncovered at michelle curiel's house it's unmistakable this is him um, as he stands up. He is much more gray, a lot more lines, um, but you can tell just by the way he stands, by the way, by the, by, for a gentleman of his age, he is in good shape. Mm. Indicative of perhaps somebody who played a lot of sports throughout their lives. He carries himself with, he has broad shoulders and carries himself with good posture as he stands up and waves at all of you and says, please come in, please come in. I'm so sorry. It's a bit of a wild day today, but when is it in this place? I'm so happy to meet you. And he moves around and says, Mix Victor Preston, it is a pleasure to meet you. It is so nice to meet you, Mayor Fry. Thank you so much for making the time. It is my pleasure. And these are your companions, your friends? Yes, these are my colleagues. Uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm Baker. Hi, it's always a pleasure to meet fellow citizens of San Francisco. Yes, I'm one of your small business owners, in fact, uh, Craven's Crystals. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. And how are things going at Craven's Crystals? Ah, It's going. It's booming. In fact, we're hoping to open two more locations, perhaps sometime in the next couple of years. It's doing well. Juliet pipes up (laughs) and then gets quiet again. So I'm sure you'll be seeing those permit applications come through. Malcolm, meanwhile, is... uh, one of your digital media luminaries in town, so you should get to know uh-huh. him. You're in the right town for that. Yeah. Well, Please, uh, why doesn't everybody have a seat? Can I get anybody anything to drink? I'd love some tea, thank you. Absolutely. Oh, uh, water is fine. Tea, please. Tea. Um, your Honor? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, you, you can call me Donald, it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hey, Michael, would you mind getting some refreshment brought in here, perhaps some tea, um, just get a, the whole array if you don't mind, and some coffee for me as well. Thank you. 
And he moves over and leans back against his desk, folds his arms. These couches are very comfortable looking. And they're only a few feet away from the edge of the desk. And he says, uh, I was a bit surprised to get the, the appointment, but it is not an unwelcome surprise. And I'm always happy to meet new people. What can I do for you? Yes, no, it's good to see you. I know that things have been tense in the past, but I was hoping for rapprochement. Sure, of course. Um, thankfully, things are starting to simmer down a little bit. Thanks to the quick action of our uh, water and power people. We've had some pipe leaks. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep, throughout the city. I mean, it's you know how it is at this town. It's fault lines and tremors and... It isn't one thing, it is another. That is always the case. Mm -hmm. That is always the case. In here, yeah. And you see Michael coming in immediately with a tray and already hot tea. And says, that was faster than normal. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate that. Go ahead and just set that down. Um, so, you've got me for 30 minutes. What can I do for you? We appreciate your time today. Of course. Mm. Yeah. Um, amongst uh, also being a digital luminary and uh, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. uh, we also tend to uh, investigate things that come across our desks. Uh, things that go um, within our line of work. At the Craven's Crystals? Yes, indeed. Do, so maybe you could tell me what exactly is Craven's Crystals? Oh well, it is a shop involving uh, spiritual work and oh, I see. crystals, okay. and it's a it's a play on words. Craven. That would make sense. Indeed. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, um, um, along with this, there have been a number of things that have well come into our purview, and we were just hoping to uh, get a little bit of illumination on a. Solving a small mystery that has happened. Okay. You play such a vital role in the politics of today. It's interesting to us to find out where you came from and your role in San Francisco as a whole. So we're just kind of wondering about your history, if you don't mind. Well, there's nothing about my history you can't read about, I'm sure. And it certainly would be a better telling than what I would give you here. Is Just to clarify, um, before we continue, is this an interview? No, not journalistic, no. Allow me, then, to be blunt. You and I were on a very different side of your election. That's pretty common. Nonetheless, circumstances changed. You are where you are, and... Naturally, there's some time until the next election, but it's never so much time. Never as much as one would like, is it? Particularly not for someone with aspirations. <laughs> I'm detecting uh, a change of tone here. And he folds his arms again and says, maybe this would be better if you got to what this was all about. Yes, I'm interested in supporting you, and I'm very concerned because we're finding... Things that would really just look terrible as Ava research. I would love if you could just clear some of that up for us. <laughs> yeah, something that is possibly extremely disturbing that does not go with the image of before the you, man that I voted for. Before anyone in this office says anything else, mm. um, if this is real, yeah. I would advise you, be very careful what you say here. 
as it might make things very difficult for you if you are coming in here to try to intimidate me into something. Oh, no, 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 no. I, well, I, no, we're, I, we can intimidate. It's not intimidation. <clears throat> we're merely looking for illumination on some things that have... You mentioned that, yes. Uh-oh. Come up. Um, do you remember your time at Berkeley? Yes, I was a student there. Do you perhaps remember the name? Darren McAfee. Darren McAfee. He's a student that also went to Berkeley around the same time as you. And one of the things that has crossed the, well, come into our purview is this particular student's disappearance. And we're wondering if you can just shed some light if um, you know anything about Darren McAfee. There was a lot of people at Berkeley. A lot of people. I'm afraid I can't help you. Well, again. We, we, we found a picture of the two of you together. That's, that's the only reason that we're here. And so we're just trying to find a lead. <laughs> and you seemed quite chummy in the picture. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I think I misunderstood. I thought this meeting was something... I thought this was about campaigning. I thought this was something completely different. Well, it is, because if what we understand about Darren McAfee is true, then we couldn't possibly support you. And please understand, Mr. Fry, I am still looking to support you in future. If you could clear this up. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you all to leave. I don't... I would hate to have these conversations with someone else. We're simply just asking any information that you have about Darren McAfee or who you know I'm sorry, I don't know who Darren McAfee is. People are getting hurt. Michelle Curiel was hurt. This is serious. You, You see he folds his hands and says, What is this? Whatever it is, You better tell me now, or I'm going to have the police escort the three of you out of here, four of you out of here. Listen, Bookie. Okay. (laughs) When you call him Bookie, there's an immediate reaction. Um, When you say, listen, Bookie, you see his face, he turns a wider shade of pale. Um, And you see uh, very visibly... As you, as the word leaves your mouth, you, his chin dips, his eye, he gives you this, like, are you kidding me look as he freezes in place. And you definitely have his attention. We understand that times have changed now, but things were different back when. For instance, when you were at Berkeley, we are looking into the disappearance of Darren McAfee. We have information that points to certain things, and we would love to hear what you have to say. What information? There's a knock at the door, and he goes, No, not now! Are we under arrest? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we dug some things up. What do you want? Truth. 
That's all we're not we trying want. to extort We don't you. want anything. I mean, it would be nice to have a you know nice plot of land for the second. Okay, all right. Juliet likes it. You need. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. But in any case, we are. <laughs> we're not trying to extort you. It would be nice to have a nice plot of land, though. Nice. Don't say nice. if you could do us a favor, though. Yes, but in any case, it is. It is definitely that we are just looking to close the books on some things, and you are a missing component to that. Is there anything you can remember about that night that would lead to what happened or where he went? That night? He looks over at you. Or, you know, when, when he went missing. Assume we know more than you would like us to. He stands and moves behind his desk and looks towards the wall. And you can tell by the way he's standing, he's got his hand up to his face. Mr. Fry, we didn't go down the street to Twitter headquarters. We didn't go to the San Francisco Chronicle. We didn't go to your opponents, whom I voted for. We didn't even put it on the YouTube. And we could have. Gotten... We didn't go to the police, Juliet pipes up. Which we could have done that too, because we've got enough to, to do that if we wanted to, but we're, we're not going to do that because we don't want to. And then she glances over at you, just realizing she doesn't actually know. Like, y'all don't actually have evidence. You just know. <laughs> actually, 100% we do because we know where the body is. Yeah. Yeah. We literally know where the bodies are. Yeah, we know where the skeletons are. <laughs> the skeletons yeah. in the closet. In the closet. closet. Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, gosh. He turns and looks at you and he's like, he looks back and says, I hear what you're saying. but maybe we can come back to my question now that it has more context because you're still being vague. And so I need to know if you know all of these things, what do you want? We want to help. Help. We want your side of this. Because we want all, truth. All we have is ours. And I think you can imagine, Mr. Fry, how terrible it looks with part of the story. And that if we didn't get your story, your side, it looks so, so much All right, worse. all right. <sighs> sure you don't want that coffee, Mr. Fry? He gets on and says, Michael, I'm going to need another hour. Um, no one's to disturb me, please. This is important. Then you hear... Uh, yes, sir. The housing secretary is supposed to call and says, yeah, I understand that. Could you please just postpone that for me? It's an emergency. Oh, and he just gets off. I so much about rent prices in this city. <laughs> you just want the truth? Yeah. Yes. You, you, you expect me to believe that you come in here with this piece of history and all you want to know is how it played out. Look at me, I don't want money from you. Your Honor, if I can approach the bench. Oh, now? I, well, yes. I just want to be respectful. So, mm, I'm going to explain some things to you that might sound confusing, but have you ever experienced supernatural occurrences in your place of residence or work? What? Have you ever experienced something that couldn't be explained? The lights flicking on and off, uh, 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 the breaker switch going, or a, a feeling, a tingling at the back of your neck? 
anything? Are you making fun of me right now? I'll pull up my YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm a spirit man. <clears throat> he looks at it and says, Mal. From a crystal shop. Show. Great. Show How him, else could we show know him these things? the picture. Show him the picture. Oh, Bendy Becca. Bendy Becca. And, and I'll pull what? it up on Instagram. Okay. Look. Do the zoom he, in thing. Look. <laughs> you, you hand him the phone and he goes, what am I looking at? Look at the man. In the photo. Not... Over the shoulder. On the left. Zoom in. And he looks at it. Does he look familiar? It, you see the gradual shift. And imagine what it would look like to observe somebody who's seeing the face of a dead man mm -hmm. from 30 plus years ago. As he... His brow froze for a second. And he... Shakes his head and says, Well, as somebody in the tech industry, I would say you've got an excellent Photoshop. This is real, and he's hurting, and we're trying to help, and you can ease his pain. If we hadn't seen this, you know I wouldn't have gone looking. But it came up on the internet, and we investigated, and... I think we know some measure of what we might have found. Tell us about that night, Bookie. And why did you write that note to Darren? Oh my god. He stands up again and his hands go to his face. How did you know about that? Because he loved you, Donald. And he still loves you. He 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 turns he turns away from you the moment you say that and he says I can't do this. I don't know what I don't know who you people are. I don't know what you want. I don't. No, stop. Focus. Tell us about that night. <sighs> Jesus. He takes a sip of water. And sets it down. That was... How much do you know, exactly? We know a lot, but we want to know what you know. You were supposed to meet him. In Golden Gate Park. He was if so it... excited, he thought that you were going to say you loved him. And you... When you say that, you see this flood of emotion and his voice cracks just enough for him to get out the words, I was. What happened? Darren liked to drink. And he was already a few shots in And I, when I showed up, I had alcohol with me and we, we drank and I was trying to build up the courage because I was scared. I was really scared. I didn't, I didn't. That was a very different thing. 
it was a very different time. I get it. And I was in this fraternity, and there, and then my father, and but I, I loved him, and I wasn't going to ignore that anymore. I wasn't. I couldn't pretend anymore. And Darren always had this. <laughs> he used to piss me off. He used to be so blasé about everything. He used to just. He would kind of lightheartedly tease me about it. He, but he knew how to tease me so that it didn't hurt. He knew that he was... I knew that he understood. Um, do you want to make a, do you want to make a yes. subterfuge check to see if he catches you doing that? Sure. Um, that's going to be a way I can assist with that? With a... Look at me! Actually, <laughs> um, I've established previously that I have a, a watch. That's uh, true, watch yes. Out. So I can do like a, there's literally an app called Just Press Record. Yeah, I would say then make a roll to okay. see if he catches that. Um, what I will do is, I'll lower the resistance. Watch is pretty tight. So I'll just, I'll give him a penalty on that. So I'll give him a negative. So I would say subtract three dice from your pool. Okay, on a stealth check? This would be subterfuge, I believe. Um, okay, yes, that's better. Um, Technically, it's stealth, but I'll let you pick between the two. Subterfuge is more of a a, a subterfuge yeah. is more like lying to somebody. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, subterfuge plus uh, this would be Dex. Okay, um, I'll pop a willpower in because Dex stealth. Mm -hmm. Dex subterfuge. Ah, oh, good two. Okay, he does not see you. He does um, not. He. He, um, I could tell that he was pretty gone, and uh, I finally, I finally told him. I was, you know, cracked a couple of jokes about it, dragging him all the way out here just to say a stupid thing. He said it wasn't stupid. He wanted to hear it, and I kept trying to get out of it. I kept saying, "You already know what I'm going to say," and. And then I started telling him over and over, and at first he didn't say anything back, and I, I thought it was a beautiful moment, but then I realized he, he may not have heard me, so I said it again, and again, and then I thought he was teasing me again, like he was doing. And so I reached over, and I politely shoved him, and he slumped, he slumped over, and he started gurgling. He started making this horrible horrible gurgling sound I didn't know what to do so I I shook him and I, I I shouted at him and his eyes rolled into the back of his head and I started freaking out a little bit and I I tried giving him CPR and I didn't know what to do I didn't know what was going on and then by the time I realized that I I tried to get him to throw up. I was I didn't know how to pump anyone's stomach. I we were in Golden Gate Park and and he stopped breathing. And at that point you see him he his face turns red as he puts his head in his hands. And you can hear him trying to collect himself as he recounts this. And when he comes back up, there's no hiding his eyes as 
tears begin to streak down the side of his face. And as he comes back up, he just... Oh, this big planet's on the back, so I can takes it and says he didn't come back I couldn't get him back and then I I didn't know what to do so I panicked because I'd lost him and and then I started thinking about everything that could happen to me and and then I thought about people thinking that I did this and then I thought about I thought about every I didn't know what to do so I, I ran back to my truck and I you know I don't understand how you how you all know this but If you were to have a message for him now, what what would you want to say? You honestly expect me to believe that you're speaking to the ghost? At this point, it's the most logical explanation. We know where you buried him. We know the tree. We know how deep. And we can talk with him. Again, you see the blood leave his face. And he, with a trembling hand, takes a sip of water. I know that this is a lot to take in. I recognize that. It's, it would be a lot for anyone. Um, Darren is stuck here. He's stuck in, think of like a loop. And we're trying to break that loop for him. And you are a critical component of that. So like Mal said, you have something that you would like to say to him Not many people get this chance. Clear out another hour if you need. Come to Golden Gate Park with me. I think. I don't know if that's the best idea. It's the necessary idea. You want me to go to Golden Gate Park in broad daylight? Yes. And dig up no. the body no. of no. Minda. No, 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 no. We can't. We can't bring. We can't bring that body out into the where it might be easily gotten to. We can't do that. <clears throat> easily gotten to. I mean, did you know forensics back then? There might be evidence. Uh, upon that unfortunate body that would lead back to you, and we wouldn't want that. We're not trying to trap you, okay? We're not trying to turn you in. We're trying to help, and we're trying to help you in the best way that we know. We're trying to free Darren. But you have to know that if you do come with us, there's Mm. danger. Mm -hmm. We have to tell him. You'll you'll be in danger. There's a chance that we could be attacked. Excuse me? I want you to know going into it what you're agreeing to. But this is real, okay? I know that I'm asking a lot. It's hard to believe. 
but I can't put you in danger without you knowing. I would really like to speak to Mix Ivy alone, please. Are you okay with that? Yes, I think I can handle this. Okay, okay. Juliet just stands up and... Yes, there was a, a lovely centerpiece that, you know, the vase that you have out in the hallway that I believe might copy that for the store. So, yes, we'll have to go. I'll go look at that. Also, can Michael get, like, beer or just cakes? No. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and follows you out. Just, sorry. And follows you out. The doors, the big double doors close behind you. Yes, so, Um, He moves over to the sofa and takes a seat. Uh, on the sofa across from you and says is your friend he's saying some pretty is he high he's not not this early in the morning anyway No, it sounded as ridiculous to me as it does to you right now. People like us don't believe in this kind of thing. Certainly not without evidence. Evidence doesn't seem to exist for us. And I died. Gas explosion. That happened at Room in Tilton Park. At my wedding. Didn't injure me. It killed me. And it opened my eyes to things I never would have believed. I think. You are perfectly reasonable for thinking this is ridiculous, except that you know there's no way we could have known this for no other reason. Decades of opposition research have never uncovered it. Plenty of people have been looking, but the only way anyone could have gotten that information was something a little strange. Let's say I choose to believe this. You want me to go to Golden Gate Park to speak to Darren? Yes. In hopes that lays him to rest. And you want me to do this now? And apparently, there's someone that might try to kill me? Yes. I want all of those things, Donald Fry. Because he didn't hear you. He died without ever hearing what you had to say, and you ran away. No, worse than that. You hid him so that anyone who ever loved him never knew what happened to him because when you were young you were a fucking coward and now is your chance to be better than that 
not just for yourself, although I'm sure this wasn't easy. But it's for him, because he deserved better than that. And I need you to give that to him. Make a check. Mm-hmm. Well, is that a command check? Well, you're literally trying to persuade him. You're trying mm-hmm. to force him to do something he's resisting. Yes. So this would be a manipulate. Okay. Is the Discord open while we're hearing this? Um, good question. Um, I'm, I already have my mic active from the recording. Yeah, so no. So. Uh, um, so I'm going to just call this a, this is going to be a straight manipulation persuasion check. Okay. Persuasion, not to intimidation. No, you're, I didn't get the impression you were trying to terrify him or, or like coerce him. Okay. More of just like convince him that what he did was appalling and that he needs to make it right. Mm-hmm. So Those are very true things. Yeah, so manipulation, mm-hmm. persuasion. Yep. Um, I'm putting in my and uh, against his resistance. Oh, this is, I'm going to call this a contested roll. Okay. I'm putting in my willpower. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see what we got. Um, Let's Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see him fold his hands together, almost as if he's hoping God hears him. And for a moment, he's quiet. You're right. This is insane. Let's go. And he stands up and moves over to the to his desk to get his coat. As you open the door, you see like the three of us plus Michael all listening. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good spot for our break. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll be back in about ten minutes as we finish up before the gate. I'll see you in a minute. The worst landlord ever. I mean, he ignores the housing secretary. <laughs> that was our fault. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love I love that I have control over when we come back to live because because I, I think we're all just so used in the days of GNS when we'd be like, no and control. coming back in five, four, but me? Nope. I'm like, bam. <laughs> just let him keep talking about his latte. Just let him keep talking no. about the... the so about, uh, see, I'm watching everything. every time, which is how I'm able to You've got, yeah, you've got, you've got eyes on my... Okay. On my I always have here. eyes on you, Campbell. Oh. Remember that. Oh. I always Remember. have eyes oh. I love that he was taking that like that, oh, this is warm oh. and comforting. They're no. like, wait, dude. Oh, no, yeah. that's, that's, that's Sam's affection style. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, yay, love languages. Yes. <laughs> um, Mine's gifts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> your P.O. box is your pin <laughs> I, I, I can tell, you can always tell that we're in the middle of a serious game because the giggle fits hit. Because right that's what we, we got. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is, it is you know? a standard mechanism at the gaming table. Like. I'm a venture capitalist and very tense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so get it out. Just mm-hmm. get it out. Because we're about to get into the heavy part, the second half of our final episode here before the gate. Um, so, if we're ready, um, leaving City Hall, 
Which one of us has the rock? Which Michelle Curiel's rock. Did, um, we, did we get that from her? I thought she... I mean, the harmonica. I have the harmonica. Yeah. I have that in my purse. Um, did Juliet grab it? The, I, I thought she would have... We just... We saw school. it, but we didn't take it away from her. All right. uh, oh, we, but no, you said you had some at the some. shop. I had some at the shop. So that's what we right. have on us. Oh, sure. But, yeah. Oh, I've got like a little travel bag of... Uh, yeah. Just like I have I here. was just trying to... Yep. Think of what our pyrite supply yeah, was like, at was for absolutely no reason at all. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. No okay. reason at all. Just None. established. We have it. Okay. <laughs> we cast Morton Kynan's Magical Watchdog. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out. Then I also want to say that I'm playing the hungry, so of course, Betha's going to be very self-serving <laughs> with things. Like... Just, I'm just saying that she's been very, she's been very good this game. That's true. Yeah, I'm well, not one. So it one thing with the black Only one mention of the gonna... multiple locations coming soon. <laughs> get it out. Yeah, I know because you're making me nervous right now. Get it right out because it's okay. about to get heavy. Right, yeah, right, right. I know. I'm yeah. making Donald try nervous. <laughs> um, okay. We're taking separate vehicles though. He's taking his separate vehicle. Yes. Um, he is emerging from City Hall. He is getting into a black car that is going to take him to the appointed location that you've given him at uh, Golden Gate Park. Mm-hmm. Um, as y'all are all driving to Golden Gate Park, it's kind of quiet in your car until Juliet finally pipes up and goes, what if Sam McGee shows up? Oh, I didn't want to talk about that, Juliet. But if he shows up and then and then everything happens, like what if like news crews show up? What if like the public sees what, what's happening? The reason well, why I wanted to get him to Darren was that maybe then everything could be resolved all at once. If Donald stayed at his office, Sam McGee could have come to him in the same way that Sam McGee went to Michelle Curiel. We have to rush this to a conclusion, and it seems like the only way. Indeed, I agree. And then plus, uh, Juliet, don't forget that someone has eyes on the park right now, every inch of it. And right now, we are just fine. Should we call the sexermancers? No, no. Just for Ooh, should we call them? I think we should. We probably should. If Sam McGee attacks, that, yes. we're not going to be able to do anything. Who wants to call them? Uh, I called them last time. I could call them. Sure. I think it's a good idea. I have no problem Wait, with that. Especially, especially anybody but Malcolm. Yes, no. Malcolm, That's fair, it's... actually. <laughs> uh, I have no quick, problem calling them. Because... Uh, I'm a bit confused about the relationship mm-hmm. with Reapers and ghosts. If we invite them, are we creating more problems for ourselves with the ghost? Oh, the it's... ghosts are not... Well, they are they know to be afraid of a Reaper in the way that a fish knows to be afraid of a shark right? Uh, type of a deal. But with Darren, since he's stuck in a loop, uh, he is still going to gravitate back towards his anchors. And then that is why Sam visited Michelle Curiel, mm. because he felt that Darren would gravitate towards there, not knowing that Darren's actual anchor is his skeleton that was buried by um, Bookie. Uh-huh. Um, but don't the necromancers also hunt ghosts? Yes, they but do, Darren... but that's small fry for them. I mean, if anything, they're probably going to want to take a bite of Bo and Miss Lily or, or, you know... Don't... I can't handle that. I... My apologies. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that they're big game hunters and they hunt big game. If 
Darren sees Donald Fry people and looks at him. Yes. That's what it's like when you see the person you love. You won't notice them like answers. So hopefully this will be more of um you know, uh you know when how you're doing with your YouTube videos where you have to get in and get out because you don't have a permit and so gorilla shooting mm -hmm. or whatnot. That's is this is kind of what that is. We're hopefully to okay. get in, get out, maybe dangle the flannel shirt that I have, such like um you know, like bait to get Darren out into the open and we'll see how it goes from there. I closed my shop today. Do you have okay. any idea how much money <laughs> that I'm... This has just taken over my life. My my re-life, actually. And so we're resolving it now in one day as quickly as possible. So Second location. Just want to give me that number for the sex romancer. I just, oh, actually, I, I believe I will be making okay. that. That's a wonderful you. idea. Thank phone. you. Juliet, can you, can you put yes. the number in here and yeah, then I yeah, will yeah. go ahead and call them? He types it in mm. and hands it back to you. Yes. <sighs> right. <clears throat> Got it. When the phone picks up, what chills you isn't the voice on the other end. It's that the voice on the other end says, Hello, Betha. When you dialed with Juliet's phone. Well, actually, with Matt's phone. Your, your, oh, your phone, rather. And then it says, what can I do for you? Why, hello, Leo. How flattering that you would know my silence. I hear you. I hear all of you when you reach out to me like this. You understand that makes you sound like a creepy man, right? Speaker. Speakerphone. Uh, speakerphone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let him hear that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a beat, and he says... Ivy, I'm a necromancer. I am a creepy man. Right, but there's necromancy and there's creepery. And, you know, you don't have to do both. Anyway, we were calling... You're dead. Mm. Well... All of you are dead. Yeah. Yes, it is always so lovely to talk to you. We're going to be going to the park. It's possible Sam Few will be there. Would you like to join us for a potential throwdown? In secret. We're going we, to the park right now in yes. broad daylight yes. right. to we, deal with Sam McGee. People keep no. saying that as if the broad daylight is a, a bad thing. I want to take care of ghosts and, and stuff taking, in the broad I'm daylight. I'm this off a of speakerphone. <laughs> you don't want to do it at night. What are you talking about? That's crazy. And, right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to drop the pen in for you. Um, and just like for players, it's, it's not going to be where we actually are. It's going to be more on the outskirts, kind of like a perimeter type of a deal. Okay. Um, and we would appreciate if you could be near there. And well, since this is a very new relationship with all of us, it looks over at Mal. <laughs> Sexy. Yeah. Since this is very new for all of us, this is kind of um, this is a trial. You know, you're on probation type of a deal. You're scratching our back, and we'll scratch yours with. I'm thinking the financial district. With the particular district, something that would suit your cult and would also suit uh, for us the location as in it would be further away from us. Perhaps the financial district, for instance. 
How soon can you be there? How soon? Depends if my cult is interested in a temporary arrangement or something more permanent like we proposed. Yes, well, consider this to be an audition. You know, you know those auditions, <laughs> indeed. Um, consider this to be an audition. This and is rather last minute, isn't it? I yes. know. It almost seems as if we're wondering if you can be prepared to do what you've been saying that you were going to do this entire time. So that's if interesting. you're not prepared... I have a different read on the situation. From this end of the phone, it sounds like you need me now. You know, I used to date someone like you. We don't need you. You need us. Did we show up at your cult or did you show up at our place of work? I see that I failed to communicate our position. And for that, I apologize. Apologies are nice. Good luck with Sam McGee. If you survive, I look forward to hearing how it went. Good luck with trying to have a foothold in our city without our cooperation. Click. Did it go well? It went about as well as I thought it would. When's he coming? He'll be there. Hmm? He's saying that he won't. The fuck? Uh -oh. oh, oh, yes, no, obviously. He's saying that he won't. Cool. It's a power play. Uh-huh. No, quite honestly, this is... I have dealt with this kind before. I mean, I used to... This used to be my type, actually. And, yeah, um, he will not be able to stay away in some way, shape, or form because what he's hoping is that Sam McGee will show up and perhaps take us out, and he will want to be there to then take out whoever has been weakened by whoever else. So, therefore... He and his cult will be there. And hopefully, Sam runs into them before he runs into us. Juliet. It's it's one of those things. Juliet, just you hear her just go. This sounds awful. Well, everything's awful, darling, except for us. I think we're quite lovely, Mal. I'm yeah. so proud of you today. Thank you. Juliet just slowly looks over at you. The die is cast, my dear. There are a couple of loose ends too that I feel like we might need to warn maybe Michelle Curiel and even Bendy Becca. I mean, if if Sam really wants to get to us, those are vulnerable people that could be used as hostages. I don't see Bendy Becca as being uh, a venue for Sam, if only because- He's seen her there. One he problem at a time. But I'm just saying we could warn them in case- I don't think you should put too much on Bendy Becca's plate. She seems a bit- Mm, I mean, I can DM her She's your right contact. Just, do what you need to do. Can I just say that when you brought it up to the mayor, that didn't go over so well, and bringing it up to people like this may not go over so well? Yeah, but after what happened to Michelle, like, people are getting attacked in their homes. Michelle but... is a, in a secure location right now. She is taken care of. We've personally seen that. And you know what? I just want you to um, hold on to this piece of pyrite. Right <laughs> he just puts that in your so, hand. Good. You know, it's a protective stone. It's not only is it for success, but it's just, oh, look. Oh, I can feel the energy off of you. It is, oh, it's beautiful. You're so protected right now. 
Oh, really? Oh, and then and then also, um, <laughs> and then also, I believe. And then she pulls out the harmonica because you. Oh. Yeah, I don't think you I knew. Wanted that. it. Yeah. Yeah. You got the harmonica. Yes, we have everything that we could need. Yes, this each other. Bow, Lucky Rabbit's foot, Ticking Man, Miss Lily. We have everything that we need. And we even have um, <laughs> reluctant backup. Okay. Okay, and I'll put it in my pocket. You're probably right. Okay, you slide that in your pocket. Um, Juliet reaches down and double checks to make sure that her pirate is on her as well. And um, <clears throat> if there's nothing else, you guys drive across town towards Golden Gate Park. Um, you can't help but feel like you're driving towards something that is going to change everything. It's a little vague, but you get a sense the mayor of San Francisco meeting you there with the possible encounter of this reaper waiting for you and possibly a cult of necromancers waiting to pick off... And who What's knows what left? side they're on? Yeah, who the hell knows what's going on? Their side. Dear. Their That's side. true. Always their side. <laughs> um, you look like you wanted to say something. Do we have Do we have anything else before we move into the scene? We're in, uh, are we in um, Juliet's yes. like, car the with the driver? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it nicer, like a like limo style, or is it, it more it's like... It's a town car. It's a town car. Yeah, yeah. It's a old money. Car. Is there like a bar in the back <laughs> <laughs> or like or is there a container of like brandy or something like that uh i guess that would be up to you mm, uh no uh juliet juliet's car oh this is juliet's car yeah um, no yeah. no okay Mm-mm. yeah no i don't yeah, see I that why <laughs> just checking that didn't work out I was, very I'm well like for looking. us right. last time you know <laughs> well, yeah. i mean we know something that Sam doesn't, and if it comes down to it, it might be a ripcord. Oh. At least we know that he comes back. Well, and... Yes, that's actually... See, sometimes is... I have good ideas. Yes, no, th- <laughs> I... Julia, why isn't there booze in here? Uh... I don't. Um, was I supposed to? Was I supposed to bring booze? No, no, you're fine. Do we want to? Do we want to stop at a? <laughs> Who has that? I thought that we were that. No, uh, no, no, it's, it's going to be. We need, we just, would need a hard liquor. Uh, standard we need liquor store. Uh, there are going to be liquor stores uh, well, around the edge. This is this is part. At least have one of them is a commercial street. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, at least minor commercial enough for. So you're stopping at a liquor store. <laughs> to get, I guess, one of the like a, a yeah, travel size, travel size of uh, the one? same. Well, they wouldn't have Laphroaig. I had the scotch before, but it seemed like to be just a whiskey of bourbon. Right. Jack, Jack Daniels. To cut to uh, y'all. Oh, it's like a shawarma <laughs> scene, but during. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, we're like so ding, serious. Singing <laughs> sound of the the door as it swings open this afternoon here in San Francisco. Gentlemen at the desk. Um, uh, probably about uh, maybe five seven. Um, uh-huh. and he's got a nice dark brown skin, nice trimmed beard, glasses on, immaculate hair, kind of parted off to the side. Mm-hmm. Looks at all of you as you enter the 
I, I'm not getting out of this. Okay. Car. okay. I'm not setting up a whole ass wheelchair for this. I love the imagery of this of us just walking in the place <laughs> and our guys search. Yeah, your guys you know? flowing through the door afterwards. Um, like grabbing a couple of bottles of whiskey as you come up. Get me a Snickers. Um, <laughs> Done. You get the text. <laughs> okay. So you grab you grab your things Supplies. as you get, to the, you get to the counter. Cash um, shoes for Betha. As you're putting all the stuff up on the counter. Um, the gentleman goes, hey, so let me ask you something before you go. What do you guys think of Into the Spider-Verse? It's awesome. Oh, um, I actually, I saw that one. Did you like that one? Because I... I thought it was pretty awesome, but you know what? I think there needs to be a sequel a lot sooner than rather than later, and I think Disney is taking way too much time. They're focusing too much on Star Wars, and I love Star Wars, but I really just feel like they're innovating with Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. And he, oh, that's... he says, uh, that'll be 3754. Uh, you got it? I didn't bring what? any money. Um, I'm just like, <laughs> purse, you like pull open your purse. <laughs> Tell me more about your opinions of pop culture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I hand him the money, he says, takes it and says, counts it out, puts it in, register, puts it down, pulls out your change, hands it to you, tears off the receipt. Did you want a bag with that? Uh, yes, please. He starts getting you the bag. So you liked it? What did you think about uh, the Doc Ock? Great. Yeah? Good play on the character. Very much. Sets it down. I particularly enjoyed um, when Aunt May later was like, oh, it's Ophelia. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Was it Ophelia? Was that the the name? Olivia. Olivia. Fantastic. Oh, oh, it's Olivia. Because then it seems like they had a relationship before. Because only her friends called her Olivia. Liv. Liv, Liv. Oh, it's Liv. That was it. That was it. (laughs) Lovely. Um, he starts carrying on as you all take your bag and as you leave, um, <laughs> heading out, <laughs> getting back into the car, slamming the door. Wait, wait, we see, can we see, what is her name, Ashley, the post postal worker? <laughs> like, it's the finale. Every NPC needs to make it. Your ghost? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's back at your store. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Member of your crew, back yeah. at the store. Um, so you all... Uh, are back in the car with your jugs of of jugs. Your, got, your, it was it you, was it was thirty seven something. So that's a, a, that's a regular bottles. that's a regular bottle of Jack Daniels sure. and, and you like got maybe two snack foods. I'm, two I'm, snack I'm foods certain this is irrelevant, but okay. Yeah. You got you got. Let's say it was on sale. It's irrelevant to Ivy McDermott Preston. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> twenty five for the Jack and then like the little mini bottles and okay. cashews. <laughs> The Virgo in me needs to do this. I'm nervous. He's going to kill us all. <laughs> Again. Okay. Um, it, it's about 15 minutes before you all saw seeing the, the large green trees of Golden Gate Park looming over some of the businesses as you're approaching. Um, as you're approaching, you see already that one of the Blacktown cars with the mayor has stopped up ahead and the mayor has gotten out. Um He's gotten out. There's an assistant with him. At least you assume it's an assistant. Younger gentleman um, might be a bodyguard. You're not entirely sure. Um, it's not Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. We've but, done a lot. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. as you all step out of the car, um, he approaches all of you with this gentleman uh, behind him. And as he walks up to you, he just says, all right. This way. Um, and uh, wordlessly, Betha just hands him a pyrite. He looks at this as he continues walking. Um, you see him looking around, making sure that no one's <laughs> noticing him. Like, he looks like he's trying to keep a low profile. I, I still have my haunt up. Is everything cool? Yeah. Ooh! 
I, I reach, I go back into the car and I get my sweatshirt that I had changed out of and I give it to the mayor and be like, you're disguised. Oh, well, I was actually about to describe he's oh. in a hoodie. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he is, he's not wearing the coat. He has got his hoodie zipped up and he's got his thing up. But as you lead him uh, down into Golden Gate Park, um, he's looking at this piece of pyrite while this gentleman's falling behind him. And um, he looks back and says, hey, would you mind? I'm sorry. Uh, I need you to wait at the car. Could you wait at the car? And the gentleman stops and says, sir, I really can't. And he says, no, I need you to wait at the car. I need you to do that right now for me, okay? And he nods, like, maybe this is something that he shouldn't have to ask questions, answer questions about later. You kind of get the impression that this bodyguard is backing away, and he moves back towards the car, walking back up. And you are all, you can see him visibly stiffening as you're approaching the tree. As the guard leaves, I'm going to go up to him and be like, actually, if you see anybody that looks like a prospector, just let us know. I know that's weird. It's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to he see. He continues walking. <laughs> he just, he looks past you and just continues walking. He does okay. not let you. Okay. All right. That's, <clears throat> that's great. Mm -hmm. um, and you all approach the tree. Um, as you approach the tree, like I said, his body posture, it stiffens. He tenses up as he looks at this. Um, let us, I'm just going to do, let's see. Okay, there's hardly anyone here um, in this particular area right now. Every now and then you'll see a jogger move cold. past. It's but November yeah. in yeah. San, Francisco, San Francisco in is cold. We yeah. can text Rave right now and say, hey, what's the temperature like that? <laughs> it is cold. Donald, um, uh, Mayor, Mr. Fry. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. Uh, have you been here since? <sighs> no, I haven't. Can I... Take your hands. I know it, it's a part of it. Can somebody please explain him to me? You know how we don't know anything about this and it all sounds ridiculous to us? He actually, both of them, actually understand it. And the things that sound ridiculous to us turn out to be necessary. I would love to live in a more logical world and this is the one we're encountering. I recommend you trust him. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yes, if it helps any, I used to be a charlatan until now I'm a, like a genuine spiritual. That's so, wonderful. So I, I do understand. <sighs> Would you mind also just putting on this flannel shirt while you hold his hands? It's a beacon. No. Just put it over your your arm, then like just care. Okay, you know it's. Oh, fine. that's it's your line. Fine. I'm not gonna be dressed up as a fool. Just hold that's it on your, your line. Arm. Honestly. Can we please just get this done with? I'll just hold it. <clears throat> I'll just hold it right here. Listen, I know that this is waking up a lot of emotions. It people have this when I work with them. It's not uncommon, and I understand that you're not lashing out at us. I get it. But it's not fair to him to have this attitude. We're trying to help, and I need you to believe us because yeah. I don't want him to get hurt anymore. All right. What do you want me to do? You want me to hold your hands? And I need you to focus. 
I need you to remember that time, okay? How you felt that night. We're trying to call him. He doesn't want to be here. This is as painful for him as it is for you, but he has to relive it over and over again. All right. Okay, just give me a second. I'm going to look down at Rabbit's foot. Rabbit's foot is looking at the tree mm-hmm. and is kind of just glancing about. But you notice that the guys in the area, um, particularly Miss Lily, all seem a little agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, he gently reaches over and he puts his hands in your hands. Okay. And I'd like to use enhanced medium to try okay. to call. And call to Darren. To Darren, yeah. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That assists in any way. Okay. Plus my specialty, so it's empathy medium. Uh, So that's six plus my ability is one, two, three. Nice. Okay, make your roll. So nine total. That's a nice dice pull. Three. The only thing I do. Literally, what he does. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. All right. One. Two. 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 Okay. So you start reaching out. He's watching you as you close your eyes and start taking deep breaths. Um, You start becoming more and more aware of twilight around you. Mm. Um, Of course, you being able to perceive twilight at all times during the day, looking for Darren is really just a simple matter of sensing that he's nearby Mm -hmm. which you definitely get that sense you always do when you're near this tree yeah um but signaling that he should come forth right and step through and engage and as you're breathing um the two of you and juliet you hear juliet go like the breath as um you see moving around from behind the tree with a bit of stumble in his step is a very drunk looking young man in 70s garb, um, the thick mustache and wavy hair, um, and sort of a half grin on his face. And he steps out from behind and says, Hey! So, here's what I'm going to do. Rabbit's foot has a special ability, which is a a proxy. So, I'm going to use Rabbit's foot ability of the spirit and and, uh, use... um, Rabbit's foot ability of possess to have his spirit possess Mal's body. Okay. So All that right. so you're gonna try yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. you're gonna try yes. to channel him through Rabbit's foot and into you. Yes, because I have a feeling that uh, Donald won't be able to really see him in the way that we do. Yeah, yeah, he will not. So this is I'm giving my PC to you to control as okay. as so this person. You start and now. Yeah, what is what does that take? So uh, it's it's power and finesse. It's one of uh, okay. Rabbit's foot abilities. So that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Again, a geist is geist. no joke. Those are very mini powerful. Death God. Mini death very God. many. Very many, many, many death yeah. Rabbit's foot. Yeah. Uh, the littlest death 13. God. Yeah. Go ahead and Two, make that roll. Four, five, six, seven. That is a yeah. monster death God. Come on, sweetie. Nine, 12. I'm we borrowing. believe in you, Rabbit's foot. All right. One, two, three. That's a nine. Four. That's a six. Four, five. 
Exceptional. Exceptional successes. <laughs> um, you open your eyes and you see Darren, and he stops and looks at you for a moment. And I open my arms like a hug. It takes him a moment to realize what's happening, but as you're channeling this power, um, Lucky Rabbit's foot steps between the two of you and looks at him. And That's just the thing, too, is I let go of Donald's hands. Okay. Lucky's Rabbit's foot looks up at Darren and extends his hand like he wants him to come with him. This ghost is looking at this geist. And again, Darren is that level of ghost that is existing in that moment, kind of on just sort of orbiting being aware of what's happening. Mm. You know, like it's a like it's almost a dream to him, mm-hmm. um, as it was before when you were all speaking to him. And there seems to be a moment of clarity when Lucky's Rabbit's Foot, this 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 entity that is manifested as a dead child reaches out to Darren with little stubby fingers and just waits. And Darren, Darren's drunken-looking visage, which has got sort of a blurring effect to it being a ghost, stops for a moment and looks down at the kid. And the visage of intoxication seems to vanish from his face, almost like the essence of the ghost itself is acknowledging that something is in front of him, something that is beyond him. And... He starts reaching his hand out. It's going to take a moment for this whole process to happen. Mm-hmm. So as he's reaching his hand out, um, your phone begins to ring. Yeah. Um, and it says unknown number, of course, but you know exactly uh, who's calling you. Yeah. Oh, wonder who this could be. Holy <sighs> surprise. <laughs> um, you answer Hello, the phone. Hello, Leo. Hello, Betha. Ooh, it's not. It's cool when you do it back. <laughs> How is the park today? I feel like it's quite cold. Oh, uh, I wouldn't know. Of course not. But I do have one piece of information for you. Please continue. We're not there and we're not coming. But I am pleased to tell you and take this as sort of a we're still interested. There is a very peculiar looking man in a round hat approaching your location right now. I appreciate the information, Leo. Do have a wonderful day nowhere near the park. Thank you. I look forward to reading about how the news is going to rationalize what is about to happen there. They always do, don't they? They always do. Farewell. Um, make an in. This is going to be a, a roll. Yeah. Um, well, I do. I do have my. Oh, my, the eyes and the painting. I have that up. Uh, still on the Golden Gate. Yeah. This is going to. This is actually. I'm going to make this a. Um, I'm going to say make a composure socialize roll. Oh. Oh no, empathy would work too. I oh, no, want, well, now I've got four and socialize. So, I have no yeah. problem with that. Composure. Yeah, yeah, that's six dice altogether. So I'm, I'm good. Wait, what was the other one? Empathy. Oh, no, yeah. no. I'll take, I'll take socialize. <laughs> right, okay, go ahead and make your socialize roll. This is literally uh, just reading reading the fine lines, and there's no resistance to this because he's not trying to hide it. Juliet and I have our eyes on the civil. Oh, what am I doing? Okay. It's our primary combatant. Right. Well, um, oh. 
I'm gonna spend willpower. <laughs> you have to do that. Before. Oh, right for this oh, one. Gosh, I ugh, I played too many games. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rely on the power of bow to. No, uh -huh. there's really nothing here. No successes. No successes. All right. Um. Yeah. You didn't pick up on the signals there, but uh, as you hang up the phone, you've got information for everybody. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna relay it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sam is on his way. Okay. Um, I do not have eyes on him just yet, but we know he can move fast. Okay, can you and Juliet draw him off from here? I wouldn't want to tip him off on where we are right this second. We cannot I'm... have that confrontation. We have to get Sam away. Well, I don't want to leave you unguarded, especially with this. I think if he comes close, then it's better for us to be together. You know, last time he tried to talk to me, he couldn't come into the park in this area. He didn't he didn't, he didn't come in here. There's something that I noticed about it. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he kept trying to get me to leave. And I didn't even have this on me. I, I have an idea. Is there a role I need to make for it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your idea? Is there a geological thing happening here? Maybe. Can I roll to see if maybe that maybe. is a geological thing? I would say, hmm, what would we roll to see if we have this leap of inspiration? If you can role play this, if you can explain to me what, because there's no reason in the world why Ivy wouldn't be coming up with this. Um, so what do, what, do you, what do you suspect is happening? I mean, well. She held up the pyrite, uh, Juliet did. And that yeah. is kind of like... So then but here's like... the thing, it was the park. And we know only a fairly finite number Seems of limitations never... that he has a bane and he has a ban, that there's a material that he would avoid why? if he's trying to avoid the park. Yeah, why was Michelle not What if the material everything else was touched? is in the park? Put it together. Because you've been given a couple of clues about Sam. There's been an image, a, a vision. He's a prospector. Fool's this is gold. fool's gold. There's that a, would be his bane. Yeah. There's been a vision, if you remember correctly. Michelle told you and, and yeah. Juliet told you about that vision. She told us enough that we got mm -hmm. that. Right. And that it's uh, the skeleton is buried underneath, you know, in the ground. If there's pyrite or fool's gold around it, that would also be why. It doesn't necessarily it, have to be. Is there a light all... nearby the tree? Was that? Like, was there a street lamp by the tree such that, Juliet, when you were looking upward and light was coming down, did anything in the ground glitter? No, nothing like that. <sighs> Maybe it's a pyramid. Well, I'm in trance. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> Sorry. That's I, all I've got. That's, just, that's I, as far as I can like, go. I like where you're going with this, and I, I steadfastly believe that there is something that... If you're stumped, you can make the roll. Well, I mean, I'm I'm convinced. I mean, I mean that's it all I got, it really, literally... and I don't have this role. This is not my role because I think would, it's probably what, an intelligence academic, this... so I'd be rolling. Well, so so yeah, yeah I mean, I have with academics, but I don't have academics. So, so you have a specialty in, in the case. Minerals. I have yeah. a I, well. In the case of role play, y'all have managed to put together some of these pieces. Mm -hmm. If you want to see if these characters are able to make that leap of logic, and maybe they themselves are able to using their stats, if you want to see if they themselves are able to make a connection, okay. and as a GM, I can let you know. 
Betha believes in protection stones. She steadfastly believes in um, work in resonance of crystals. And the very fact that Sam has not, he when Juliet just told her that, that he has never gone into this park. In my head, like Betha's head, it would be that he is um, not a bad spirit, but he's in uh, dis dissonance that he literally cannot go into a space and this is something that she has built her life on this is what something that is like in the shop as it uh -huh. is this is why she smudges it's like there are spiritual forces that cannot get into places so then i would say make an intelligence um underworld check okay yeah because you have lore in underworld and you're specialized in yeah specialized you're a lore, in underworld. our lore friend okay and you're you seem to be on the on a path here so make a roll so, and see my specialization mm-hmm I've been like sitting. It's going to be a tricky difficulty of three. <laughs> so, willpower. So that's yeah, I'm claiming. Willpower. I'm claiming. Sorry, it was what were the two? It's underworld. I was in. It was intelligence. Oh, intelligence. intelligence. So yeah, 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 I did four and a specialized. So that was one. And then I have two in intelligence. Yep. I remember I was driving on so, the 101. And I was like, and then here's my willpower. Three, yeah. And I just remembered it again now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I've been sitting with this. <laughs> and Bo assists me. Okay. Um, and the way that Bo would assist me is that he he knows that I am onto something. Like he can feel the excitement that Betha is, and that she's making connections. Uh, and he drifts up beside her and actually lays a hand upon her to be like, "You know this." Okay. So. Make your roll. Would that be any? Would that be an extra thing? Your guys can't really ex assist you Synergy. like this. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Your guys is sort of like. Supernatural discipline pool here. Can give you skills, but three. Okay, I've got an exploding here. Okay, so eights don't count for me. Right? They do. That's they right. Do. Eight, nines, yeah. and tens okay, count. Okay, so I've got one, two, three, four. Four successes. <gasps> I keep on forgetting eights. All right, I know. I know. <laughs> so what do we know about Sam? We know that he. Yes, w to the chest. We know that. We know that he didn't touch Michelle Curiel or the piano that she was sitting at with that pyrite. Mm -hmm. um, so, oh, I, let me, did let me she steer, not have? No, 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 no she didn't no. have any. So let me steer you back in the right direction here. Okay. She, He was chased away upon the side of the pyrite. Yeah. Okay. He didn't enter the park for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any evidence of pyrite in the park. Okay. Um, and he appears to be a prospector mm -hmm. and has taken on a name of an old poem about people traveling in the northern wastes. And there was a vision of, do you remember the vision? Um, the vision was of someone crying as they buried Oh, that, yeah, that was Darren. There was okay. another one. There was another and image. By whom? With the gunpowder and the taste of blood. The like basically the... The, the gunpowder and the taste of blood. He got shot. Yeah, he died of a GSW. Remember he Michelle was, Curiel, we don't know, but he saw he the... He was shot in the chest. Uh-huh. In the park? No. Oh, oh, gunpowder. So what you're able to link together as you're thinking about all of this, because you rolled four successes, mm -hmm. it is very likely that whoever Sam McGee was in life was somebody from the late 1800s, a gold prospector in California who was shot and killed while they were probably arguing over gold. He was murdered by a partner or somebody who thought that he had something. And if you think about what California looked like in the 1800s, in that time period, while people were hunting for gold, it probably looked a lot like everywhere, Golden Gate Park. Okay. It could have been, this could be a reminder of a location. This could be 
This could be something that just looks like where he was killed, but an aversion to it somehow. Um, it might just be the case that he can't reach Darren's body through typical means. Then he can't enter the park itself. That makes sense. It would also mean that it's entirely possible that one of his other banes might be a certain type of gun from the era, or it could be gunpowder. There, there's all these things that could link up to what if. But what you do know is clearly the pyrite is symbolic. It, it is symbolic of something that had to do with his death, and that that is most likely the thing that's keeping him away. Um, the last bit of information I will give you before I set you back into the narrative is: it's likely that. Sam McGee knows all of this and he's coming here anyway. Wow. So keep that in mind. Because he might seem unstable and he might seem unhinged, but he's definitely not a fool. And he's a reaper that's been doing this for a while. So that's all the information you uh, putting all the pieces that you've all accumulated together. This is what you are able to assemble. And it's at about that point when the fingers are touching fingers and you reach out as um, Lucky Rabbit's foot takes your hand mm -hmm. and Darren takes his hand and this channel of, of essence, which begins to immediately form into a display that causes the mayor to take a step back because it's a possession. Mm -hmm. So the moment this begins to happen is it begins to pour through you and channeling through this geist, this death energy as this echo of a human being goes flowing into your body. You immediately, your head going back and your eyes rolling into the back of your head. And instantly as this happens, you see the pulsing veins of ectoplasm in your body. This plasma begins to pulse. Mm -hmm and glow as this death energy begins to surge forward. And when your eyes roll back to the front of your head, they're the color of Darren's eyes. These bright hazel eyes um, looking back at him. And I take off my glasses because they don't reach work up anymore. Just remove the glasses. And you all watch as he... Oh, you're fine. I'm not going into to plasma detail here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would give you the symbol. Um, I will take care of you. Um, he takes a, you watch um, as this transformation completes. And uh, one of the things you may have missed is when uh, this finishes, you see the eyes of Malcolm have actually become these vibrant hazel eyes, same as Darren's. Um, and he reaches up and takes the glasses off, and looks at them for a moment, and folds them, and. Malcolm, uh, you are now a passenger. Mm -hmm. You are aware that Darren is here. Yeah. And you're starting to feel that feeling you felt back when you died. Yeah. When you, when your consciousness, the being that you are, was slipping away. Mm. But it's frozen. Because it, the, the best way to describe this is you <laughs> feel like the winds of the underworld are blowing. And you feel like a kite mm. that... Lucky Rabbit's foot is holding on to. Oh, God. 
as the winds of the underworld are kind of whipping you around. As this is how the sensation you're experiencing as you're holding on to the hands. I'm going like to double up my grip on him because now doubles, I'm the scared one. Yeah. Um, as you're holding on, um, you feel like your rabbit's foot holding back onto you, looking at you with the same eyes that you often look at him at. With It seems to say, it's okay. okay. It's going to be okay. Um, the wind is whipping around you. You've been pushed out of your body. And you're not really aware of what's being said or seen outside. Mm. But the rest of you see this transformation. And you hear the mayor breathlessly just say, holy Christ, as he takes a step back. And a moment passes, and the voice of Darren comes from Malcolm's body as he just says, Bucky, wow, you look old. You age really well as he looks him up and down. And any doubt the mayor had is crushed instantly as you see the emotion pour up onto his face and his voice cracks and he goes, oh my God, Darren. And Darren puts the glasses into your top pocket and walks over to him and puts his hands out. And Bookie looks scared for a moment and doesn't know what to do. And you see Darren's just waiting for him. And slowly, the two of them take each other's hands and they stare at each other for a long moment. And as this is happening, it's beautiful at the end. Nothing else happens. <laughs> Bye. We're glad that you came. Yeah. <laughs> you hear a sharp whistle that echoes. Um, it's expected. None of you are surprised. All of you were expecting it. Um, it's one of those whistles that only somebody who really knows how to give a good whistle could give. Um, you see, standing in that familiar spot where Juliet had left him once before, mm-hmm. is the form of a man who is probably in his late 70s with wrinkled lines down his skin and strange, slimy tears running down the sides of his face. He has his hat off to his heart like he is a, a, experiencing a moment of reverence or something he's watching. And... He says, "Well, now that is something beautiful." Move away from him a bit. Okay. Uh, Becca looks at Juliet, and then like looks over at Sam, and then does a little this thing and steps forward towards him, and hopefully Juliet got that and is also stepping forward. Does so, yeah. Not all the way to him, obviously, but just a little further. And where it's like we're definitely in between. Making distance. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose we should have something of a discussion right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and talking is what separates us from the beast, is it not? I agree. I agree. I, uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what's happening right there. We're all ears. 
Well, I can't stop you. Looks like you beat me to this one, and I congratulate you on that. Well, kind of think of it as like a, a seesaw. We gave you a ghost, and now we're helping one, so the next time around, who knows which way that seesaw would go. That's, that's mighty fine of you. And I think under normal circumstances, that would be amenable. Except for in this food chain, you are beneath me. And so doing deals with you is on my good graces. So I will take this as a one-time offering. You gave me that ghost and I'll give you this one. Maybe. I mean, I think y'all figured a few things about me out by now. But, uh, there's not a whole lot from stopping me of dragging this entire section of the park down, 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 down where no one's going to find it. You can absolutely go back to the underworld. All the victims there are very fond of it. Oh, you've been hearing things about me, have you? You're notorious. Well, they seem to be... A number of people that are extremely knowledgeable about you in the city. Yeah, you make friends sometimes doing my kind of thing. I'm sure being topside so long allows you to make all those friends. I'm sure your colleagues love it. Colleagues. Death masks getting more thin. Well, we'll see about that. You see, I've got something you want. Mm -hmm. And you got something I want. Mm -hmm. So why don't we make a new deal? Why don't I let your friend go back and do his own body there? Mr. Mayor can take a step back. And I can have myself a nice lunch on that ghost. And uh, in return, maybe I give you what you need to find your precious. Or you tell me go to hell. And I take that knowledge with me forever. Assuming, of course, I don't have her already. I remember asking you about her, and you said you'd never seen her. Why should I trust a skank-ass liar that you even have her? Don't know. I guess that depends on you. Do you trust that you're not gonna stay up all hours of the night from this day forward wondering if you just condemned her? No, I'm pretty sure that's about what's going to happen. You went after them, I believe. Sam. You went after Michelle Curiel. Yes, I did. Gave that woman quite the fright. Not the last time I'm going to do it, either. Well, how can I say this as diplomatically as possible, then? Go to fucking hell. Well, all right. I think we have an understanding then. I believe we do. You and enjoy that little reunion you got going on. 
and uh, well, maybe next time I see you all, maybe I bring some of my friends too. We would welcome it. We have friends of our own. And along with that, the information that you don't want to give us, we will take it. You see a bit of impotent rage in his face. Like there's really nothing he can do. Um, and he pulls at the beard on his face. And for a second, you think you see these tufted, wiry, thick hairs of like a bear's paw underneath that, those nails, those yellowing nails. And he drags the claw across his face, tearing easily at the wet flesh underneath them, causing it to split and peel a little bit so you can see the exposed bone that is rotted and charred and like the broken teeth underneath. And as he pulls his skin down, taking tufts of his beard with him, and then he says, y'all are gonna be a problem, aren't you? Just gathered that, did you? Fool's gold star for you. I've, <laughs> I've, I ain't the only one that's got weaknesses. I think you've dealt with small game too long. I think this is a walk away, Sam. And you started this when you went after the living. The suffering of the living is the fault of the sin eater. I don't go after those unless they're in my way and you're protecting someone who belongs down below. That ghost right there belongs to the Chthonian gods, and it is my task to see him delivered, and you are preventing me from doing that. Not only does that offend, but you yourselves belong in the grave, and there will come a time where I see that happen again, and I'm going to take your pretty geists with them. I'm gonna eat them. I'm gonna get me I some believe more you should masks. stop right there, Sam. And I'm sure that Bo is just like... Oh, Bo! <laughs> all the geists here are ready to throw down. Mm. But Sam, at that point, taking the cue, sits back up and says, Well, no more then. See you out there. I'll get back to my smaller game now. As he looks pointedly directly at you, and tips his hat and begins to stride away, looking back at all of you. And for a split second, you all feel the pull of the underworld as he opens an Avernian gate right in front of you. You watch the air split and you hear people Living people scream as this happens, as almost as if their subconscious is acknowledging that death is here, that death is in front of them. And this door, this gateway, which is torn straight from the air, just and you can almost hear the ripping sounds as the land of the living gives way. And he steps in one last time, holding his hat like he's trying to keep it on his head from a violent wind. And he gives one last look back as it seals up tight. 
and you feel the underworld slip away again. Those roaring, pounding winds begin to withdraw. And Sam is gone. <coughs> What's happened with Malcolm? Beth immediately goes silent. All of this happening without the knowledge of these two who are literally wrapped into their own world. As he's holding hands with Darren, um, they've Darren has been listening to Bookie just constantly apologizing. Repeatedly. Breaking down. I wasn't brave enough to be who I was. I did this to you. This is my fault. I should have stopped you from drinking. I ran away. Everything, all the sentiments of it was visited upon him by Ivy in the office. Darren is listening to Bookie unleash 30 years of feeling that and knowing that it was the truth. He's just unleashing all of this emotion. And you can literally feel the ripples of this emotion as they're coursing out, causing this effect in Twilight. Um, as he's unloading all of this and just telling Darren, tears streaking down his face, you can still hear the scattered screams of people outside of Golden Gate Park, unsure of what just happened, the supernatural event that just took place. But while people are running away, you all start becoming aware that the creatures and the people that move through twilight are being drawn here suddenly. Mm. And as you turn back and you watch um, Betha approach you to comfort you, and as she watches, as she walks up, Miss Lily's hand rests near you like she's trying to get your attention. And all of you realize that surrounding all of you is a crowd of ghosts. Hundreds surrounding all of you. Hundreds of them. Crowds of people. All sorts of ages from all over the place. All of them drawn to this moment where this living and the dead are talking to each other. The center of this maelstrom of this emotional energy that's rippling out, this love that has been rekindled and is being reunited and the ghosts are watching almost like they're watching from on the other side of an ocean like they're appreciating they know what's happening and all around you it gets quiet that roar that wind of the underworld feels like it dies down just for a moment and Darren is listening and he looks Bookie in the eyes and just says, I think I understand. I drink a lot. And Bookie just kind of laughs and says, you really did. And I should have stopped you. And I'm so sorry. Your parents were looking for you for ages. I'm the one, no one, I'm the reason no one found you. And Darren nods and says, but I mean, you did now, right? I mean, you found me the first time and then now you found me again. 
So I guess what that means is, and you hear Bookie, the mayor, squeeze his hands and says, "That's even if you're gone, it's still not too late." And this rings in your ears. You're not certain if they're talking to each other or if they're wanting you to hear, but you hear it. And there's a beat. And Bookie says, I love you. And the moment it's said, you begin to feel Darren fade. Hmm. We're gonna tap out. Tap out foot. Tap out. <laughs> um, as Darren begins to fade, there's a smile on on Darren's face, and he leans forward, and a young man dressed like a jock from the 70s. And this other young man with a bushy beard and long brown hair are now standing in the center of this crowd of lost of lost souls kissing with their arms wrapped around each other. The one thing they finally got to do. And it's a moment that only lasts a beat before Darren is pulled away as this ritual that is unfolding before all of you begins to help him find that rest. And all of the spirits, you can feel this, this power emanating from the center of this place, from this, this one moment that almost seems to last for an hour. <laughs> and then <sighs> you exhale suddenly and you're holding this older man's hands you two have been apart, just holding each other's hands this whole time. Mm. And the exhale, this your body feeling this immediate this exhaustion mm. set in as ah, he exhales too and looks up. And you both look, you can tell from the look on his face for one brief second, he can see it. But Bookie looks up past you and you watch these ghosts these ghosts that are all surrounding you you begin to realize there's something different about them they don't look like they're part of twilight because darren is still here for a split second as you both look in that direction all of you you hear juliet's gasp as she begins to realize what's happening. But the ghosts that are surrounding all of you begin to fade. And there seems to be something of a light on the other side. Because you see Darren walk towards the crowd. And they part and welcome him in mm. as he steps in and looks back. Um, and the light envelops.
you're only aware of your breathing. There's just the sound of your own breath as quiet overcomes Golden Gate Park. And eventually you hear a bird chirp somewhere in the distance. But the surreal nature of normal life proceeding after what just transpired is a bit jarring and a little unreal. Mr. Mayor, I think we have to get you back to your office. He he's hands to his face and says, yeah, yeah. Listen, I know that this is a lot. And I he hope puts his hand on your shoulder and says, I don't know what it is you're about to say, son, but thank you. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be with this now, but this didn't make anything of what I did right, but it's still, it helped. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out a business card. I'm gonna give you this. If you need to talk about it, let me know. There's not a lot of people that understand, but I do. And if anyone comes to you with any problems of this nature, let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. And with a trembling body, he slowly holding himself. Donald, I call after him. He stops and looks back at you. It worked. Now I have to live with the fact that there should never have been something like this that needed working in the first place. And the mayor ascends up to the sidewalk and clutching himself, pulls his hoodie in front of his face and disappears. And you just hear Juliet exhale and says, wow. <sighs> All of your geists begin to feel more tangible. You know that as Sin Eaters, when you help ghosts reach their final resting place, or when you help them move on to wherever that is, and whatever that is, you know that it strengthens your bonds and actually brings you closer. And it's because of that, in that moment, you have images flooding into your mind suddenly of sitting in the back of a school bus filled with children. And you see Miss Lily standing, looking down at you, kind of confused that you're here. Like, it's a moment out of time. And you hear her voice for the very first time. This lyrical voice with a deep southern draw. And she looks at you and says, Ivy? Yes, love. 
And then she turns suddenly like she's expecting it. And you see up ahead is a truck headed straight towards the school bus. And you snap out of it. As a remembrance crashes into you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as it does, you feel almost like a link in the chain break as your closeness with Lily immediately you can feel suddenly a sense of loss from her as well and it occurs to you in that particular moment she was a school teacher she was a school teacher it was Uh, a field trip and one of her children were on that bus and you're pretty sure the child survived and is out there somewhere you begin to immediately feel that coming from her it sparks a kindling of hope that is somewhat reminiscent of what you were experiencing, thinking your wife might be out there. Well, I think it's a lot easier to find them. Her face is taken aback as she is remembering this too for the first time and a feeling of urgency and that spark of hope suddenly, the realization setting in. She immediately places her hands over your hands. I'm gonna do for you what I can't do for myself. You're going to find the one you love, Miss Lily. You're gonna find your kid. Um. You're only vaguely aware of the pressure on your hands. It just feels like there's a force pressing down on them. Nothing tactile, but it's enough that you can feel the, the emotion of this geist coursing into you. And you're all watching this unfold. And once again, Juliet just goes, wow. And unless there's anything else to that scene, we will move into our epilogue. Which takes place the next day at Craven's Crystals. We're actually open for the whole time. <laughs> um, everyone has been... You've done this once before, but it wasn't this intense. Mm -hmm. And it certainly didn't come with revelations with your geists. Indication that the more you're doing this, the closer bond you're forming with this death god that drew you back from death. You're discovering who they are. But what you're also discovering piece by piece is they didn't just pick you and save you out of pure random happenstance. In fact, what you're starting to realize 
is they picked you and saved you because they too experienced the loss that you were all experiencing. They were drawn to you because they had something they were desperate to get back or to see through or that they had lost and they refused to let go, even in the face of death. And it's kind of caused this feeling of this bond to have strengthened the crew even more so. Between all of you, you begin to realize that despite the different things that have brought you together that have caused you to stay the hand of death a little bit longer, that have attracted these guys to bring you back to the other side, the one thing you're all beginning to appreciate about each other as living beings is that as mortals, we are only here for so long. For whatever reason, we're here. We're only here for so long. And it's occurring to all of you in these quiet moments as people are walking out of the store and coming back into the store that if there's one thing you can have that no one can take away from you, it's this moment. And you're having one right now with each other in this quiet processing everything that you've discovered in just the past few weeks. And uh, <clears throat> for a gift with everything that a customer buys, they all get pieces of pyrite. I'm going to flood the city with pyrite. Okay. Free piece of pyrite. Mm -hmm. That's actually it's pretty pricey. So I'm yeah, just saying it's, it's a big um, deal. That's a very, very big deal for a that to do. I'm going to be making a few calls to a few sexy gentlemen. There's a reaper's ass I need to kick. All right, you get on a phone. Mm. Phone rings. And when Leo answers. There's no reason you would be calling me unless you have an agenda. I do. Is a very dangerous tone to your voice, Ivy. Good. What can I do for you? I think we should make a deal. And I think we should rip Samki. A brand new one. I'm interested in this deal. All I ask for in return is that you and your friends, the rest of your crew, be willing to share this city with me and mine. And we can work out the particulars as we go. Let's do it. Excellent. There is an old Colt pistol in the San Francisco Museum that I think would be of particular interest to you. I even hear that it still fires. Great. And Ivy. 
Sam McGee was a prospector who betrayed his partner because he was a liar. He was a liar, Ivy. Don't ever forget that. I hope you're right. Happy hunting. See you soon. As you come back over to like where we are in the store, Mal has set up the RPG table. Uh, and I feel like Juliet and maybe even Betha is there with him. And he's got this stack of papers. And if you look closely, they're printouts of YouTube videos. And so he'll get, he's passing these out. He's like, okay, so first of all, there's Jesse. Um, they mentioned a creepy hallway. Uh, it's dark. Uh, then there's Nim or Eddie. Uh, Alex, if you look ahead the hotel. Great question. There's a lot of these are probably going to be hoaxes. Are we so going to have to filter If you see the case numbers, I've graded them based off of the uh, likability that they're actual cases. When did you have time to do there this? There are so many papers like here. There's like 400 pages here. I... It's, it's, it's on a grade scale, like A to F. Uh, and so whatever letter you see most in the case, that's what the likelihood is that it's real. So I think we could track these down and, and maybe with your help, we could kind of pinpoint. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I think between the eight of us. We should be able to get something done. I really think we can help a lot of people. That felt amazing. It it's did. what we're supposed to be doing. Literally, this is what we're hearing as we pan away. <laughs> yeah. As you all huddle in and looking at all these papers and listening to Betha point out, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this person is obviously a fraud. Like, as you are all leaning in. We're going to need a bigger retainer. <laughs> Watch the video. Um, pouring over... The sheets of paper as we pull out of Craven's crystals and look over this city of San Francisco whose twilight grows stronger by the day. That is where we are going to leave these characters for now. Thank you so much for playing. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Thank yes. you so much Thank for going you, on this little ghost story Thank with you. me. You're on the feels train, too, too. Um, we signed the permission slip to the feels trip. We did. I knew he was going to kill us with feels. Yeah. This, you, you guys, you guys did exactly what I expected y'all to do. You, you took a six, a six-shot game and brought so much life and, and feeling to these characters. I love gaming with you guys. <laughs> Couldn't do it without you, darling. So yeah. Enjoy this. Thank and you. With all of you. Yeah. So, GG, you guys. GG. GG. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Yay. That was our six part ghost story, everybody. Um, of Before the Gate, Guy's second edition, which is coming out soon, from what I understand, um, and is on Backer Kit. Um, this may not necessarily be the last time we play these characters. You never know. We could get called back. I would say check in with us next Halloween, perhaps. Who knows? I have um, to find my fucking wife. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a living world here that uh, it's it's uh, sad to leave. Um, I would have loved to have seen Niles a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Only so much you can do when you only got six episodes. But man, what what a fun world we ended up building together for just six episodes. Yeah. Um, and thank you very much to Ravity, who has yeah. been a rock star yeah. this whole time. I know, this is devastating. Thank you, thank, thank you for scouting San Francisco for us yeah. for this yes. possible future. Thank you. you keep know. your pyrite on you, darling. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Stay safe and keep your pyrite on you. Yeah. Yes. Also, um, thank you so much to all the audience yes. members that called in to do Malibu Medium oh, stuff. 
Yeah, so that was awesome. A couple of character names there. At the so end. much fun. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was so much fun to and, do. And, and, and really, in all honesty, when you guys do that, you are also contributing to the life of that character. Absolutely. Mal- Malcolm very much lives and breathes because of things like that. You helped that happen. And also a bargain that he made with a geist. And a bargain. Yeah, yeah. Is that yes. too. Is that too. Oh, and the, that the, sweet the subscriber doodles. money. <laughs> Welcome. The, the paintings and uh, the drawings. Yes, oh my the artwork. And art. Yeah, Bree, Bree just you. made. Bree just put out a, a, an incredible uh, piece of art of second block that I didn't get a chance oh, to. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. it was a work in progress. Yes, yeah. it was so great. Uh, you guys, the fan Mickey art is. Uh, yeah, everybody, everybody thank you art. so much. Oh um, as we close out and give our appreciations here, I just want to take a minute. Um, 2019 has been a pretty tumultuous year. <laughs> it's been Mercury retrograde the entire, the whole time. Time. <laughs> entire um, year. You guys out there, those of you who are watching, um, y'all have noticed that there have been a lot of changes. A lot of shifting around, a lot of big changes have taken place. And it's true, there has been a lot of shifting, a lot of changing of directions, a lot of new paths, a lot of things have closed down. In very, in, in keeping with the, with the spirit of Geist, um, as a Buddhist, we come from a I come from a point of view that the word death and change are actually quite the exact same thing. 2019 has been a year of death in that regard. It has been a year of change. Um, and in just like the game Geist that we have just played, it's important to point out that um, nothing ever really truly goes away. Nothing ever truly ends. Um, I'd like to point out that um, as 2019 is wrapping up, there's been a lot of questions about what's coming next for a lot of us. Um, speaking for myself, I want to go ahead and tell all of you that you can now see me here at Q Times and that 2020 is going to be a very exciting year for us as we strive into this new, as we, as we, sort as we of boldly go, blaze, <laughs> yes. blaze into this new, uh, into this new independent medium. It's been really exciting. None of it would be possible without you. Um, a lot of you have followed us all the way back from TBD RPG days back at GNS, and were with us in the TARDIS. You were with mm-hmm. us on the decks of the Sally Ride, and you were with us in Los Angeles 2119, and now you were with us in San Francisco. Um, we are really looking forward to seeing you all in the Shackleton Expanse in 2020, and have everything said, else. That we, you, have you said that? Yes. So we're really looking forward to seeing you all there, and we'll have some more announcements, of course, coming up. Um, I want to close out by saying something, addressing uh, all the changes that have happened. Um, This was kind of pointed out when a lot of the changes were happening uh, when I first started working at GNS and things that have happened over the the course of time. You've you've seen us as a community, as hosts. we're all part of this big network, this family here in LA that game together and that hang out together and whatnot. And I would just like to close out on uh, something that Sam has said to me, a paraphrase quote that I'm saying quite often um, and that has kept me going throughout all of these changes and that I wanna give to you guys to remember as going into 2020, um, when you're wondering where you can watch us and what's going on and what's happening. Um, and that is that Asgard is not a place, it's a people. (laughs) And it is a brilliant paraphrase that has become the spirit of everything we're doing moving forward. Thank you so much for watching Before the Gate, and we cannot wait to see you in the future. And until then, everybody, not only stay spooky, but please, please stay whimsical.